are listening to The Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com where you can access the many places our podcast is available for download. But if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome to the madness that is The Chomp Cast. The show this week is destined to be a cult classic as me and Fish delve into our violence laced Montana gaming adventures. Um, and after spending some more time with Sea of Thieves, me and Josh think it's a far cry from the disappointment that critics have been labeling it. Uh, the <laughs> As everyone you, you rolls get their it? eyes. You, ah, it's, ah, wink, wink. It's a, it, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. It's, it's, uh, it's subtle, I know. Subtle. Um, the bio break this week is related to surviving the Ice Age, and Shay has an interesting uh, way of relating that back to his homeland of Montana, um, because it's a very special bio break this week, as uh, Montana is sort of the theme of the show, and that's where you know, me and Shay are basically from in a lot of ways, but we'll get to that later. Um, so it's, it's going to be really cool. The polls this week uh, that we're going to discuss from the Ad Sword Chomp Instagram page, uh, we have all the results for the Far Cry Villains poll. Uh, Morgan wearing a bra, which by the way, I'm wearing it right now as we record. Um, a Bug's Life versus Ants, Westworld, and more. And of course, dun, 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 the topic of the show discussion this week with help from the Instagram community um, at Sword Chomp on Instagram is basically this. Do video games have an obligation to say something, to make a political or social stance? Inspired by the critics calling out Far Cry 5 for saying nothing. All that and much, much, much more. It's going to be an awesome chomp cast. Um, so let's get right to some introductions here. Um, Fish, my good friend, is here, of course, from Texas. You know, this I got some cult-themed intros inspired by, you know, Far Cry 5 is, is grabbing a lot of headlines for um, the, the whole cult thing that, that uh, that's, that's, you know, critics have been talking about. There's a cult in Far Cry, and it reminded me a lot of this cult that me and Fish tried to start uh, back when he lived in Montana. It was sort of like a tiny penis cult, and basically anyone bigger than two inches um, was our enemy, and they were sinners, right, Fish? You remember that? Oh, that is right. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you remember our, uh, our, uh, our whole spiel of recruiting people? Uh, the spiel? I, you know what, Fish? I, I did. I found the old... Um, we have like an old copy of... The spiel um, from like one of our old propaganda videos. Oh, yeah, and one of the t sacred texts. Okay, I do. I have one of those sacred texts. I wanted to. I wanted to show it to to Shay and uh, Josh here. When the big penis. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let's try that again. Okay, this is a good one. You guys ready for this? Penis. When the big penis government comes into our town and tries and takes away our our little dicks. And the women that we have acquired, that is when our prophecy will be fulfilled. We will fight back the big dicks. We will knock the big dicks into the dirt. And we will say no more. No more big dicks swinging here. No more. Only little dick swings here oh, no. shall swing forevermore. I thought it was going to be an amen at the end of that, but, you know, I... <laughs> no, I was, that was, yeah. And thus it was written. Oh, God, I love Two inches, good. Four inches, bad. 
That's an animal farm reference, and I love it. Uh, is it... Wait, who, I just who read that this week, so that's perfect. Who had the Animal Farm reference, Josh? I missed it. Damn it! Uh, I don't, I've never seen Animal Farm. I don't know. Have you ever read it. Animal Farm, Morgan? Oh, sorry, I never read Animal Farm. I have no idea what Animal Farm is, so I'm <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> but I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah, it's that um, Belushi film. Okay. Um, is that Animal House? <laughs> You're fucking with me. Aren't you? You're fucking with me. He's fucking with me. God damn it. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so fish, I found the sacred text. It is that listening to that, does it bring back a lot of memories for you there? Or? Oh, yeah, it's a shame that that uh, that cult of ours never took off. It, 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 you know, I don't know, just couldn't find enough people, you know, to admit it was to weird. Yeah. It, it was strange how there was nobody else that quite met our uh, qualifications for, right. for being in there. Um, but, anyways. Uh, we've, you know, we're better men today. So it was, it was a different time in our life, but we remember that. I'm glad you're here, Fish. We'll talk a little Far Cry later, among other things. Um, Shay, our good friend Shay Layton is here from Japan. Uh, picked a very special bio break this week, Shay. Um, I, I remember I got with you this week and I was like, look, this is right up your alley because we're talking a lot of Montana and I know... That you know, we always pick out the bio breaks for the show, and it's where you got your degree in biology. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited for the article that you're talking about this week. Um, yeah, I just I, I approached this article with arms wide open under the sunlight, mm-hmm. and I really thought, you know, bring it in here. I would welcome it to this place. I and I'm right there with you. Thank you. Um, did when you were doing that? Did tears of joy stream down your face by chance? Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking to myself, I will show you everything. Oh, <laughs> that's what I want to see, Shay. I want to see everything. Um, <laughs> God, that is the strangest, weirdest, confusing reference that we pulled into the show. I somehow uh, pulled it off. Not very well, but I did it to the dismay of Josh. But I did it. <laughs> You know, unfortunately, my show notes are covering Josh's face right now, so I can't see his dismayed face. Oh. I'm just going to imagine that it's uh, very much dismayed. Um, uh, also, there's a part in Far Cry that reminded me of you this week, Shay. I had to uh, rescue a, like, a park ranger from... So, like, the outpost in this game, the very first one you save people from was yeah. a... Um, it was a, like, ranger... What do they call those? Like, a little ranger place. God damn it. A ranger place. That's the technical term. A Jeep a ranger station? Yeah, ranger station. And, um, station. I don't know why I couldn't think of the word station. And, yeah, it was pretty cool. You just had to kill a couple guys, and when you took it over, you know, they came back and they took control of it, and it was kind of the thing. I was like, oh, it's like, kind of like I just shaved, uh, saved Shay in my imaginary world. Um, so, it was huh. cool. There's a lot of little things about huh. Far Cry I think you'll enjoy when you get around to it. Um, yeah, I definitely want to get around to that game, but, yeah, it, yeah. That's something we can talk about later. Yeah. The Montana is strong in this one. Josh is also here. The one and only Joshua Fowler is here. Um, now, Josh, as I move my notes over so I can see your dismayed face, uh, I, was, as I was preparing these Montana-themed intros. I realized how badly, Josh, I want to see you in a cowboy hat before I die. Do you think I have any chance of making that a reality? Hmm... 
That's a that's, yes, a maybe. That's tough. A grunt is a I maybe. Mean, I think right? there's a much larger chance of seeing me in only a cowboy hat than any other configuration of clothing that contains a cowboy mm -hmm. hat. Okay, okay. So it's either only or not, or not at all. It seems most likely, okay. given current data. You know, I, I think that could be something we contribute to that we were talking about earlier on. <laughs> oh, if we get that Patreon going, you can uh, pay a certain amount of money to see only Josh in a cowboy hat? Is that what you're saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. Oh, okay, well. Because I don't know what you're talking about. I like the idea, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, By the way, everyone, exciting news. We were looking to launch a Patreon in May. More in the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, Josh, I was thinking about that as I was uh, talking to my lady. And um, I, I was like, hey, on a scale of 1 to 10, Josh, be honest here. We got to have some vulnerab vulnerability on the podcast. How excited would your lady be to see you wearing a cowboy hat in the bedroom? Scale to 1 to 10. It starts at 1. 1 being, eh, take that thing off. And 10 being, wear it every time, baby. Negative. I think you're asking the wrong question. I think you would need a pinwheel hat to really get her excited. <laughs> a pinwheel hat? What the fuck? That sounds horrifying. A five? Josh, you say a five? I said negative, okay. probably four or five. Oh, okay, so negative. It, you know, it's funny, Josh. Um, by the way, my name is Morgan Barnes. I'm here from Montana. Um, my girlfriend told me that she was worried when she was younger. She lived out in the country, and every dude she ever met was like a cowboyish kind of dude, and she was worried that that's who she was going to get stuck with her whole life. And she was mortified of that, so she was very happy when she met me because I was not a cowboy. Um, hmm. So I saved her. Yeah, um, that's true. Oh, it's you're, good. The, you're the trailer trash that the cowboys stomp on. Yeah, you're, oh. he's a horse thief. Trailer trash, horse thief. What? What is going on here? I don't. I don't like any of those terms. That trailer trash. I I'm remember. sorry. I just shit on Morgan for no reason. I'm sorry, Morgan. That's all right. Um, I just thought that was funny. She dodged a bullet. Um, but yeah. So by the way, for our listeners, it, this doesn't translate well to radio. So maybe it wasn't the smartest gag. But I am wearing a bra while we record this podcast. Um, pretty, pretty uh, juvenile, and if anything. And my girlfriend was surprised. <laughs> it was so funny. So me and my girlfriend were kind of <clears throat> getting our freak on before the podcast. And right after, <laughs> right after our intimate session, I literally popped out of the bed and said, "Hey, babe. By the way, I need to borrow a bra." And she was like, "What?" That was the weirdest thing anyone's ever popped up and said to me after coitus. So, the sex um, was that bad, huh? You, you popped <laughs> up again, right? after coitus i admire your endurance sir mm -hmm. oh i admire it greatly it's the only time i ever popped up again that's right um <laughs> uh, she's like no, why are you more excited to wear a bra than have sex with me <laughs> well you know whatever floats your boat i uh she was excited to pick this bra for me too she's like oh i got this bra i think it'll really bring out your eyes it's a nice blue color i'm like i don't think they'll be able to see that on the webcam but thank you so yes they voted on the poll and it wasn't a resounding. I think I got like 40% of the votes, I think, were like sympathy votes where people are like, let's not make this guy wear a bra. Because when Fish did the banana thing, it was like 90% make him eat a spicy banana. Um, and whenever I did this one, it was like only 60% make him wear a bra. So I think I got I think I, there was more sympathy there. So mm. sorry, yeah. Fish. They're, they're looking out for me. They don't care about you eating spicy bananas. <laughs> they're looking out. They're looking out for me. Yeah. Yeah, my butthole wasn't very happy after that banana. Oh, yeah. By the way, that was on the Instagram this your, week. So if I bet your muscles were really confused because, like, banana obviously has a lot of potassium to kind of recharge your muscles, but then hot sauce. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. makes them kind of clench. So it's like because mm-hmm. it because of like the the uh, ingredients. So your muscles are like I'm supposed to be relaxing and rejuvenating, but I have to clench because of that hot sauce. True. Yeah. My my asshole was very confused on the toilet. Uh, well, it was on the toilet. Your asshole was on the toilet. How did you how did you shit with your asshole literally on the toilet? Just smeared all over the toilet seat. He's a grammar Nazi fish. You got to watch out for shit. Somehow I got in there, I guess. Somehow. <laughs> it just slid off the side of the toilet seat. It's like a slip and slide toilet seat. That was a fun video. That was a fun video. Um, I did have a lot of people who didn't know what was going on, and they were like, "What?" They messaged me or they left comments like, "What is this? Why is he doing this?" Because if they somehow missed the bet, and I'm like, "Oh, he didn't beat Donkey Kong Country." Most of them were like, "What? How could he not beat Donkey Kong Country?" I'm like, I don't know. That's we're not getting into that again. Okay, that is that is a done storyline. Um, but it's it's gonna be a fun show today. By the way, if you want to watch fish eat the spicy banana, go to the Sword Chomp Instagram page and you can watch it forever. It will live. Um, but let's get right to it. The topic of the show. And the, oh my God, is it a good one? Inspired sort of by Far Cry 5. And a lot of the critics got me thinking this week. We're, we try our best to try the topic of the show into maybe some of the centralized games we're playing if we can. And the interesting, interesting thing about Far Cry is a lot of the critics have been slamming it for them feeling disappointed that the game is didn't really take a stance or didn't have anything to say it sort of just flirts with all these controversial themes um so that is what inspired the topic of the show do video games need to say something do they have to take a political stance or um that's pretty much it there's another part of that sentence that i forgot because I'm excited to get to this fucking conversation. So let's get right to it. By the way, we have a lot of comments that were left here on the Swordtrom Instagram that we're going to feed into our conversation as well. So here's my starting thought, guys. And we can just start, we can just hit this thing hard right from the beginning. Um, that's what she said. I, I feel pretty strongly about, <laughs> I feel pretty strongly about this. Um, I prefer my bravery in the form of game design, not really social commentary. And I, and so I, I, and I like the idea that sure, a game could say something if it wants to, doesn't have to, but like for me, the real bravery that I'm interested in comes in like game design. Like, for example, we're playing a lot of Sea of Thieves that me and Josh are going to talk about later. And that's a brave game because if you don't have people to play that thing with or you don't find people to play with online, that whole game falls apart. That's a brave thing to make. It's new. It's scary. And there are a lot of examples like that out there. I'm just throwing that one off the top of my head. Whereas taking a political stance isn't really where I want all the bravery in my in my games. Because I for video games, I like creative and brave game design over like social commentary. And I've always felt that way. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying something if you want to, but I definitely don't think you have to. And a lot of what's happening with Far Cry has been projected on that game from the beginning. And we're going to get into why in a little bit here. A lot of us do with the marketing. But my big opening stance is for me, I like my bravery to come in the form of game design, not necessarily social commentary. That's my starting point. Um, Josh, how do you feel? I know you haven't played Far Cry yet, and this topic is pretty broad. It's not just about Far Cry, by the way. How, how do you feel about this question? I think it's kind of a dumb question. It's not a should it. They do. <laughs> they do, period, whether or not you want them to. Um, but that being said, whether or not what statement they're trying to make is i think more important because 
intentionally trying not to is its own statement. Um, so. Elaborate on that. You're saying they, games say something no matter what. Is that what you're saying? They do. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if they, let me, let, let's reframe this. It's not, okay. not games so much. Narratives. Narratives say something. Um, okay. So once you have a story in there, you're going to make a statement. That's just, that's how that works. Um, you, you can't tell a story without inferring some sort of value to, you know, the thoughts going on there. Just, just by, who are you playing as? Just that, right there. Who is the player character? Makes a statement. Uh, Sonic, Sonic isn't saying anything. I can tell you that. It's <laughs> also not telling a story. I, well, I, mm, okay, that's true. Yeah, it's not. That's but actually debatable. All games are saying something. That's debatable because, like, basically, uh, the the whole the whole thought process. If you really want to put it behind that, in Sonic is basically man versus nature. Because Doctor Eggman or Robotnik is capturing all these flickies. Oh, there you go. They're saying, um, yeah. They're, saying creep- <laughs> <laughs> They're saying something. They're saying something. Man versus nature, well, right there. Well, yeah, just there. Because the mechanics say- can say something, but it's you have to go so far out of your way to avoid saying something if you're trying to tell a story. Um, just by who, for for example, in Far Cry, a lot of people are complaining about it not. Not being, you know, really having anything to say about extremism. Okay, that's fine. I never expected them to, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make it the right call for them not to. Because, I mean, this is something, I, oddly enough, this keeps coming up the last few weeks. Um, about how everyone tries to make realistic stuff, and it just ends up with tons of stories full of assholes. Um, it's one of the reasons I can never get into... Grand Theft Auto because that's yeah. the entire that's the entire story they're trying to get across. They don't they don't have anything useful to say about America or anything. It's just look at all these assholes. And 5 minutes later, you remember all these assholes we meant, we introduced you to earlier? Like that's 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 well, all That's what it. they're saying, Josh. Uh, we're all assholes. That's not a statement. That's what they're trying to say. They're that's not, really what they're trying to say. <laughs> it's it's not a statement though. That's that's the point. It's it's because because they're trying to avoid a statement, they end up, eh. look at this is not, it's a statement, but it's not a useful statement. I think is kind of like, it's, the, but that's the question. A lot of people. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, that's a good stopping point for there, Josh. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I like that idea. Um, very different. Uh, fish. Where are you standing on this whole thing? Um, just in a very broad sense, like, I don't think games actually have to have a statement for me to enjoy them. Me personally, um, because like you said, like the statements um, speak more in the game whenever it's more of like a a mechanical type of uh, uh, gameplay um, situation where that, that stuff will probably speak more to me than any political type of statements that uh, any game can actually make to to, to me, um, but yeah, um, I don't know. It's honestly, I just don't. I, I feel like games making statements every once in a while, like that's fine. Like 
but they're more like philosophical statements or or something like that is just beyond like take the metal gear uh franchise um like all these metal gear games like each one of them has you know some sort of fiction that's based in um reality and yeah um, a lot of times like that that just having just that in the game and combined with their over-the-top storytelling is enough to get me interested in it where it's based slightly a a little bit into reality but it then takes off with it and i think kojima does a great job of you know uh telling a story that way and uh, while i don't necessarily I don't think those games ever said anything truly politically. They were more about life. They were trying to say things more about like life and existence yeah. in a lot of ways and genetics. To me, as a, I mean, I'm not saying they didn't, but in his own weird way, he was yes. saying, he was definitely saying some shit, some off yeah. the wall, crazy shit. He was saying, he was. I really he like was Escape from New York. Is what he said. That was one thing he was saying. Games. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I really that's like Kurt Russell. That's the only Russell. thing he said. Yeah. <laughs> I have a hard on no. for Kurt Russell. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. I like things um, named Snake. Uh-huh. Uh, Shay, where where do you stand on this whole controversial topic? You know, uh, where do you stand on this? It's yeah. It's it's an it, for me. It's an interesting question. Um, just because of the fact that I feel like with things being or not things uh with let me collate my thoughts here really quick basically with everything being so woven and interconnected now we have more access to information more than anything and now how how does that like any other time period how does that pertain to video games well it's much easier to integrate those kind of moral or ethical questions or social commentary, political commentary, and for people to understand what you're going for because you can access that information. And if you don't quite understand, you can go on to a forum, read what someone else interprets this as, and you have a better gauge of what they're going for. So I feel like now is an easier time more than any other time to take a political or social stand and for other people to understand and even get behind that. But I don't think that I don't think that's ever been like really not the case. I think like we were just talking about with Sonic. I mean, you if I want like also Josh was saying, if I want to look hard enough, I can find that kind of commentary in almost any video game. I can pick it apart and find that kind of commentary. Is it at the forefront? Not necessarily. Obviously, Sonic is mm-hmm. the forefront. Isn't man versus nature? But it's like subtext. Yeah, absolutely. It's subtext. Now, do to answer the main question because I've kind of skirted around it. Do I think that um, every game needs to have a message? No, absolutely not. A lot of times when people play video games, people people want that escapism and that release. You know, like when we play mine, like when people would play Minecraft. There's no political or social message behind that. People are just vegging out they're essentially playing legos does that need a political or social commentary absolutely not um but i no think narrative that almost plays to josh's point that i don't mean to interrupt you I'm just kidding. it almost plays to josh's point that if the game has no narrative it doesn't really have even a sub narrative minecraft doesn't even have a narrative in the subtext yeah 
Yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, I just yeah, I'm I sure it's like not it it's not passing any judgment on you for slaughtering those pigmen and stealing their everything <laughs> they've worked to create. It's it's not saying anything. Or is that. it? Oh no, it's saying okay, no, probably not. Yeah, I I don't think it needs to be at the forefront, but I think it's perfectly okay and acceptable um, to have that kind of commentary in there because. I mean, for for children, it's it's gonna kind of go over their heads. Like when I was playing Final Fantasy VII when I was a kid, I didn't really have the the understanding and experience to be like, okay, well, there's this whole social standing going on with the lower people of the slums in Midgar versus yeah. this upper class mm-hmm. of Shinra Corporation. I didn't really have the grasp yep. of that. All I had was these these heroes are trying to save the planet. That's all I really grasped. But like yeah. when, as you get older, there's more layers and there's more subtext in there for us to understand. And I think that's I think that's kind of what what separates a good game from a great game, where you can take it at face value, but if you delve deep enough, you can find these layers and this subtext of social commentary and political commentary, and you don't have to necessarily agree or disagree with it. It's there for you know for deeper understanding of what this artist or what these, what this entity, yeah. this group of people were going yeah. for. So well, you're arguing that you can, if you hide and sorry, Josh, I'll let you go. If you right. hide the narrative almost in different layers, it's there if you want it, but you're not pushing it into people's faces. That's almost a more interesting way of, a, of adding that. To I, I wouldn't quite word it like that. Cause I don't feel like you need to hide it. I feel like if, if you were presenting the the like presenting that commentary as a layered issue or as 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 a staggered kind of way of presenting it so it's not at the forefront it's not like me saying like capitalism is bad so the whole game is going to be about how bad capitalism is or it's like racism is this issue so we're the whole game's going to focus on that that's going to turn a lot of people away but if i look at something like Exactly like what I was saying with Final Fantasy VII. The the very basic premise is heroes saving the planet. Heroes fighting yeah. monsters. There's that base layer, and you delve into it, and then you start to understand there's social infrastructure being commented on there. There is the issue of love. Yeah. There's all these sub-layers, and yeah. it's not being hidden. It's just they're layering it, and they're deciding what is at the forefront. And then if you want to delve deeper where that commentary is and how you decide to interpret it. I don't think that's hiding it so okay. much as layering it. But yeah. Okay, yes. I mean, it's it's not exactly hiding yeah. it when the first thing you do in the game as a terrorist and your terrorist organization is to blow up a power plant. They're not really hiding that. There's, there's an no, awful but- lot of text there that you just miss if you're a little kid. Um... Oh, okay. it's not even subtext. Yeah. Um, but people wouldn't think of Final Fantasy VII as a game that's trying to say something. Let's be real about that. They wouldn't. When you're older, you would. But like when you're younger, like for me, uh, that whole that whole sequence, I didn't, I didn't. When I was younger, I didn't grasp. And this is just one example. We don't need to harp on this one too much. But like the okay, that's yeah, just one example of like where yeah. I didn't understand the intricacies of what was going on. All I understood was something's going on and mm-hmm. I'm the hero okay. to do it. You know? Um, 
and I think it's a fair point. A lot of interesting perspectives here, which I love. And this is the, I think, the, I want to get to some of these gauntlets. Now, if there's a comment that was specifically related to Far Cry 5, I might say that for our Far Cry discussion me and Fisher are having. I have one last question to pose to you, Josh, as we start injecting these in here. And then I'll let you read a comment as well, Josh, because you you said something that seemed to be different from what I was gathering from everyone else in the crew. And you said a game should say something useful. Or, or you were implying that if a game isn't selling, saying something useful, that that is actually a detraction or a negative or what have you, which um, is interesting. Would you, I mean, would you expand on that a little bit? Well, narratives are going to say something, period. That's just the point of view you said it from, like like we mentioned with Final Fantasy VII, you're playing Mm -hmm. as terrorists. The game is drastically different, and and they've done this before in some of the spinoffs and other stuff. Oh, let's frame this coming from someone else let's let's play as shinra agents or something and the story becomes drastically different whenever you change the point of view um just picking who you're playing as is it makes a value statement i mean you think about something like uh dr strangelove who the main character is in that movie drastically changes the message they're trying to get a point uh you know get across um okay so you're saying if the narrative, every narrative is saying something, if there's a narrative there, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the, the thing I was trying to get at with a lot of sandbox games is they try to avoid a statement. Let's, let's just have this big sandbox that kind of vaguely reflects modern life, which is, you know, it can't be done. There's, there's no way to reflect it without, it without passing judgment on it. That's... That, it cannot be done. Um, hmm. It's just, just the way that works. Um, so if, if something is going to be said, you better know what you're saying is kind of what I'm getting at. Because a lot of times people try so hard to avoid saying something and end up just saying whatever because they're, because they're not trying to say something. I mean, this is, this is, you've all kind of touched on this before. Like, oh, I don't want some narrative shoved down my throat Yes, no one wants that. That's called good storytelling. If they're shoving it down your throat, it means they fucking suck at telling a story. And that's going to be its own critique. Um, but something okay. is going to be said. One way or the other. Okay. So. I think that's a fair way of explaining your point. I want to go around. I want Everyone can grab a comment, maybe respond to it. This is, by the way, um, these comments are from the Ad Sword Chomp Instagram and every Thursday we'll have a question of the week up and we try to use them on the show if we can. I'll, I'll start off here. Um, Crumkey says, I don't think video games need to say something. You run the risk of alienating a portion of your audience because it's not the message they want. Not only that, but I remember good games from the gameplay, not because they had a political or social message to get across. Now, what I was, the reason I wanted to read this one is because that's what I was saying at the beginning. Like, for games to me, I don't have any problem with them. Like, I don't have them any, with any problem with saying something, even if it's subverted or subtext, but I don't think it's that important compared to what the gameplay is trying to say. So uh, that's why I wanted to read that one. What about you, Josh? Did you uh, grab a comment? Circus of Value says, video games are art, and it's up to the artist what message they want to send. If they want to create a fun, mindless romp or a political treatise, that's their imperative. As consumers, we get to decide what we consume. If a reviewer is mad that the game didn't have a message they wanted, that is silly, but as a reviewer, if something... Sorry. Being lost here. It's a long comment. Um, (laughs) Um... 
that is silly. Where the fuck did? All right, but as a reviewer, if something decreased their enjoyment of a game, they have the right to tell that to their readers. Um, I've always found it strange how gamers feel like they have some right to a game being what they want it to be. The uproar following the end of Mass Effect 3 baffles me to this day. Yeah, we argue about that because I like the ending of Mass Effect 3. Mm -hmm. I know you didn't, Josh, but for different different reasons than most people complained about it. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, but no, that's a, that's a, that's a, a really interesting comment. I, I, I like that one as well. I mean, uh, Fish, um, did you have a comment that you wanted to read from the Instagram? Yes, uh, I have one from Semi-Serious Gamer. He says, Fox no, games should be left alone from the political correct. They are just games. They are made to take us into worlds we will never experience. The same as novels. Should Crash Bandicoot have an agenda? And I, I kind of agree with him on those simple thoughts there of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, games should just really be some fun first and foremost. They really shouldn't have, be having a statement. Um, I don't think games should be marketed as having a statement. Um, I think a lot of people were kind of misled by Far Cry 5 and the fact that they showed that initial reveal trailer that was more of like a cinematic trailer that was showing a more darker ominous type of game um that people were hoping they would probably elaborate more on that um yeah but i mean you you look at games like uh what remains of edith finch where it's it's more of like a storytelling um uh interesting more novel of taking control of different characters but um and each character is unique in their own way and um, present kind of a unique gameplay mechanic in each one as well. Whether it's like you're, you're just swinging on a swing or um, flying a kite through the sky um, as that character, as, you know, essentially your, uh, essentially their thoughts or the reader's thoughts are narrated. Um, so did Edith as- Finch say anything to you? Like, what did Edith Finch say to you? What did you... Did you take away anything from that game? I, I, I found it to be more of like a, a nice interactive novel or so no. movie. <laughs> you didn't take yeah, it. But no. did you take anything away from it? What did it say to you? What did it say to Fish when you were done? Uh, when I was done with it, I was like, man, that's a goddamn good video game. It didn't say anything to me, though. Like, that is so, that's such a fish spawn. That's such a perfectly fish response. It, it, well, the thing is, is like, what is there really... If you're going to search for those, for something that's... It, if you're going to kind of dissect that game a bit, like, what, what can you find from that game that you didn't it's enjoy? It's about appreciating life, game? man. It's about... If you Finch, to me, it was about appreciating yeah. life. Like, at the end, she's giving birth to her child, and she says, look, don't worry about this curse. Every second of your life, just live it to the fullest, and don't dwell on it. Right. It's gonna kill you. Like, I, th- I feel well, like I, Finch I, is... I, the- I know. I, it, it does give you that, but, like, to no, me, like, I was... <laughs> well, no. Well, I understand that scene, but it's it was more of, like, just... A playing out of that game and i was like man this is very the way they're delivering this to me is very tragic and just made me feel awfully sad and i enjoyed the fact that that game could do that to me more than the actual statement of like enjoy life which it 
So you took away like just, an emotion. You took away like a, a yeah. feeling of a uh, vibe of like melancholy or sadness exactly. as opposed I, to like yes. a moral or something. Yes. And that actually sticks out to me more that a video game could do that in, okay, in, this, okay. in this medium, like a video game making you cry. Like that's something that uh, moves me more than like the statement of saying. Has a oh, game ever made you cry? Have you ever felt? What's a game that's made fish cry? Oh, God. There's quite a bit, actually. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, now we're getting somewhere interesting. Okay, let's, let's let it out it. here. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure, as a 13-year-old, I enjoyed the fuck out of seeing... Well, I didn't enjoy seeing Ares die, but... He cried when Ares died. That's one. I okay. cried when, when that happened. Um, oh, that's unbelievable. Let's see. I was so thankful I didn't have to use her in my party anymore. I was so thankful. I, I think I think it's tied to a lot of JRPGs. Um, really? Okay. So they yes. pull on your heartstrings. Yeah, the they do. Yeah, I get drama. very invested in characters, okay. and whenever you know, spike your hair, the better. Yeah. If they don't have spiky <laughs> like, hair, you're you're out. You know, no emotional mm-hmm. investment. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. I'm not trying to grill you on the Edith Finch thing. I just wanted to try and get like the fish takeaway from it, which is that you're moved. You, you take less morals away from games and more feelings and emotions, which I think is interesting. Shay, um, what comments from the Instagram, uh, stuck out to you? Uh, the main there, the one that I wanted to talk about was from silver boost studios. He said he mm-hmm. or they, or it, or she, or whatever, <laughs> whatever they identify as silver boost studios. said <laughs> Games tend to have so many tonal shifts throughout the experience. Wolfenstein 2 is a great example of this. I don't know, there's something off about making a game about racism, oppression, etc., but also trying to make it an enjoyable experience. I just don't think games have evolved enough as a medium to handle hard-pressing social issues, and it is a whole other discussion whether or not it, as a medium, will ever be equipped to do so. And I understand what uh silver boost studios is trying to say i disagree mm. with that statement mm. wholeheartedly uh i don't think that video games are ill-equipped to deal with this uh i think back to when i tried mafia 3 back in 2016 a lot of that game what was interesting about it was the social and political commentary that they were talking about that game largely dealt with racism and that was the most interesting part of it is when they had those interviews within the game talking about uh just like the race racial issues and whatnot in that game the the gameplay itself which is was what was so bad about it now that that can be Mm. possibly an argument for what this person is or people are trying to say is that games aren't equipped to deal with that because the gameplay wasn't there I don't entirely agree with that. I just think that maybe the gameplay w- became like secondhand to what what the political and social commentary ultimately ended up being. And to me, it was affecting and interesting because we were in that game. We were kind of learning about the history of what really happened and what like the the gravity of that was. And in his reference yeah. to Wolfenstein Two, and this is the last thing I'll say, and I'll open it up to you guys, is that one of the one of the most impactful scenes in wolfenstein 2 for me was when um god what's his name what's the main character's name bj blaskowitz hmm? 
BJ Blaskowitz. That's right, BJ. I want to say, like, Max for some reason. BJ Blaskowitz. When he was a child, and he was interacting with that um, African-American girl, and they were down by the little stream, and how casually he just said the N-word, and, like, my dad said I can't hang out with you because you are an N-word, and, like, it was just, like, they were casually talking about the racism, um, Mm -hmm. and they're both cool with it, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, you know, like back in back in this time frame, that's what like that's that's the type of conversation maybe not normally happened, but that's how acceptable it was, you know, and I just realized that's something I've never experienced. Like I'm just walking down the street and like dealing with this. I remember my father actually telling me a story because my father's father, my grandfather, was in the military and they lived in California and how casually you know, he said, like, during that time frame, it was not uncommon, like, for um, my grandfather to hear his military buddies just say the N-word out on the street and be like, oh, I don't want to hang out here because this N-word's hanging out here. And that was just casual. And I was just like, my mind was blown by that because that's something we don't hear in this day and age. And <sighs> that that kind of... That kind of uh, experience was something I could secondhand appreciate through a game like Wolfenstein 2 where I was just like wow this is this is something that was there and that, that that was for me it made me appreciate you know maybe the US isn't where we want it to be but it's come a hell of a long way and I think that that game kind of prompted that for me so I I just I so, don't agree with that statement so yeah, so to summarize what you're saying, um, that's an example of a game that did a good job of it. Also, I know in Mafia Three, um, that the cops would respond to the problems in the black neighborhoods more slowly, like because they were making social commentary on that. So there is examples of games um, yeah. making interest, saying interesting things, and that's like that was a gameplay decision with Mafia mm-hmm. Three, which is even more interesting. And that game wasn't even that great, as it were as opposed to right. Wolfenstein, which was a narrative sequence. So you believe, and there's examples of of it working. Um, which is interesting. Uh, interesting view to take. Josh, was there something you want to add to that? I didn't want to interrupt through. Well, yeah, like there, there are plenty. Um, I could, I could get on board with that statement if you added AAA to it, possibly, because they are so risk averse that just from the investment side of it, I feel like they're very unlikely to make a statement. Which is kind of like I, I kind of called this with. Far Cry 5 a year ago saying there's there's no way they'll say anything at all because they, they can't it's just it's too big a cash cow they're not going to risk it um mm-hmm. which is kind of where it ended up going um and and I if if someone's not going to say something they need to not try to dress it up with the trappings of something that ought to have a statement is kind of that that where is where we'll disagree with Josh, and maybe we can. Why? I think that's the lo- because <sighs> what is so wrong with the game that just wants to use interesting imagery? In a lot of ways, video games are imagery, and you can make a case that it's because just because it's making sort of- a statement and trying not to is a statement. Is it? It's just it is. A, a crazy is. cult of psychopaths. I mean, that could. It's just. It's like, mm-hmm. is every game with a psychopath trying to make a statement? Where I you mean, play a cop who shoots things to solve problems. Could you make a case that um, 
they're leaving some oh, stuff we're not open making to a interpretation? But... No. Could you make a case they're just leaving it open to interpretation? I mean, because leaving some holes there, that's, that's an idea. They could be saying, hey, we'll give you these images. You do with them what you will. Or do nothing. That's... Just that saying. can be done. They didn't do it. Well, you haven't played it yet, maybe. No, it's you obvious might. from everything going on there. They didn't make it. I mean, the fucking cover is a hillbilly rendition of The Last Supper. Like, Which is, they, are, cool. they are the entire fucking thing is... It's imagery. That's just imagery. No, it's not. Imagery without making a statement is nothing. That's the whole point. It exists to say something. But that's when you what see an that, icon is. You fill it in in your head. When I when you see the Last Supper and the hillbillies and all that, you're doing fun things in your mind, and that's what video games do the best. No, you're not doing that. They're doing that. They're planting the seed. I'm growing the tree. No, you're not. There's I'm growing nothing the to tree, grow Josh. that they didn't put there. They put the seed there. Oh I'm growing the tree. Okay, we disagree, but mm -hmm. that's fine. We we can disagree on that. Yeah. Um, you're coming to a completely unique conclusion about what they could possibly mean by, by using those group of symbols in the specific order they are. That, that had nothing to do with a dis creative decision they made. I'm just saying. That imagery has done interesting things in my mind. Um, your Pakamari said, I think that it's completely fine for games to tell a political... Uh, message and to disagree is detrimental to it being viewed as a legitimate media form. Nobody is arguing if movies should, so why can't the game? Which I think is what Shay was saying, sort of. That's not mm -hmm. to say every single thing needs polit politics. However, a game like Wolfenstein in this modern era needs politics because of the nature of that series. Something like Mario doesn't. However, in regards to Far Cry, the reason why they're getting hit for it is because of the initial um, ideas presented. Um, it has a serious political game first. Now, I still think, I know Josh would probably agree with that, I still think that we as gamers tend to take things from marketing, and I don't, I'm not saying you're wrong, I'm just saying that we tend to put our own expectations on things. And that seems, that, I mean, that yeah, seems to be a little bit That happens a lot, but I'm not 100% sold to happen in this situation. Okay. Um, uh, I, like, I've seen a lot of comments. A lot of these comments were very very defensive acting like anyone who didn't like far cry was personally attacking them and and their their fear of trump which mm -hmm. i'm intentionally using to insult those same people um but we gotta edit that out <laughs> yeah but <laughs> the point being all of it this all of this was released before trump all of this was written yeah. before trump it was going to make a statement regardless of that but they've gone so far out of their way to avoid making a statement that, that it's just. I mean, you, you can make a case that they're capitalizing on the the marketing is capitalizing on sort of the um, uh, ideas that are stirring our country right which, now. Which that's my problem with it. If they're if they're doing that, there's no reason Good for enough. those trappings. But yeah, if you've played Far Cry before, you kind of should. I, I'm just saying it's 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 you could look at it as smart mark, smart marketing. Um, whereas most gamers who played Far Cry would tell you it's just going to be ridiculous. So why should you expect anything other than that? So there's an interesting fold there. But that's that's for a Far Cry discussion. Yeah, uh, yes, that's the point. It's it's essentially okay. you're essentially buying the you know political looking skin of you know something completely unrelated. It's like you know whatever, like the the 2016 
election version of Mon- Monopoly or something, or of chess. Like, it has nothing to do with that, but by putting that on there, you're, you're pretending that it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, interesting. Uh, I mean, a lot of these uh, comments are directly related to Far Cry, so I might save them in a little bit here for, uh, for the Far Cry 5 discussion. Because as much as we wanted to make this in a broad sense, um, everyone kind of went all over the place in a fun way. Um, one of our good friends, uh, Victory Overall, who designed our logo, even chimed in on this, Jason Roberts, and he stopped by to say, I'll just echo the point others have made. Gaming for a lot of people is escapism, and if that escapism comes with a deep and impactful story, then great. But that story shouldn't be so strong with its message that it alienates or just plain pisses off a whole bunch of players. Also, should critics now be grading all games on their political commentary? Mario might be just jumping over walls and smashing bricks with his head or fist, but Nintendo missed the opportunity to make a comment on the literal building and metaphoric tearing down of walls between our borders. 2.5 out of 10, IGN. This is his way of uh, making fun of the fact that they're slamming, critics are slamming the game for not saying something that they didn't really need to say. Um, so thank you for the comment there. And Simon... P. Bowden said, I think it's said enough without saying too much. It's hard, though. Yes, games should be topical, political, and so forth. We call it art, so it should be treated as such. So I think it's a good segue. Actually, I I want to give you guys a chance. Is there anything else you want to say? I want to segue into the Far Cry discussion, but I don't want to... If there's anything else that you guys really feel weighing on you, either a comment or a thought, I want you to get it out now before we move into this Far Cry thing. So is there anything else you guys want to get off your chest? No. No. I mean, I kind of okay. just touching on those last two comments. I agree and disagree with them because I feel like kind of the things they're getting on there. Some of it sounds like unfounded fears. No one's complaining that Mario is not making a statement. That's that's kind of what I was getting at. If something is dressing up in the trappings of having a statement and then not having mm-hmm. one, that's an issue. Yeah. At least as far as I'm concerned. Interesting. Okay, and I think a lot of people agree with you, Josh. Okay. Even if I don't. Um, okay, so let's. I got some more comments here. If I didn't read it, I might bring up your comment in the next section because a lot of these are directed right at Far Cry. Oh my God, I am excited as fuck to talk about this game with you guys. My, I'm nipping out in this bra here, guys. I'm so, I'm so ready to do this. Um, fish, actually, go ahead, fish. Go ahead. Looks, looks like your nipples are chafing there. You gonna, it, a little bit. You'll be able I, to ride that thing out. I might, this podcast i might have to get some vaseline or something before mm-hmm. before this segment's yeah. over so uh, it's mm-hmm. a little tight you know um just thinking about your nipples man mm, there's <laughs> it's worth thinking about um i'll tell you what what else has been getting my uh my brain clit aroused Far Cry 5. And yes, I put that poll up on the Instagram. Came back 75% of our viewers said, yes, Morgan, we support the term brain clit. I um, like it. Wow. I was worried. It started strong and then it dipped all the way down to like 60. And I was like, uh, that's barely a victory for me. But then by the end of the day, it flew back up to like 68, 69, 70%. So they saved it. The brain clit has been saved. Um, yeah, and like Fish said, it's a, just a tough thing to visualize. But I'll say this. A lot of comments we can slide in here. Far Cry 5 is up. This is going to hit home here. I like to think we could be the premier authority on this, which means nothing in life. Nobody's the premier authority on fucking anything. But it sounds cool to say, so I'm just going to say it. We, I'd like to think we're the premier authority, uh, premier authority on Far Cry 5 because I live in Montana. 
Shay lived in Montana for a long time, so hopefully he gets a chance to play before the year's over. Fish lived in Montana with me for a while. As we talked about our cult we started earlier, that didn't quite work out. And, um, and I and know what a Montana are. is. Josh, Josh is thinking about, yeah, yeah, exactly. Josh is aware of a Montana. Josh knows what Hannah Montana is. Oh, God, I fucked that joke up. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> he was so excited to get it out. Okay, um, so I, I wrote down a couple of big, big ideas here, so I didn't end up rambling on about this game too much. I will say this. Here's my opening thing with Far Cry 5. I'm very surprised because I just didn't... The, Political things aside, I just didn't think I was going to be that impressed by the game because I never played a Far Cry game before. I don't really like shooters. So I was really surprised that I fell in love with it. Um, that's not to say it has some rough edges that I'll talk about later on because it definitely does. It's a Ubisoft game, and unfortunately it has some of those that Ubisoft crust that I hate. Um, but holy shit, this game is fascinating and it's addictive. And it's fascinating because they flirt with a lot of ideas. I know a lot of people are upset they didn't have anything to say with, but there's a lot of weird, dark imagery. I mean, the game opens with a really morbid um, scene of destruction where you go to arrest this um the primary antagonist his name is joseph seed i won't ruin how it happens but basically you're you're a marshal going in to take him out uh, this militia he's basically under arrest this militia has taken over this large part of montana and you're going into the to arrest him and it's it's pretty dark and then the gay go, the, the game goes off from there um so here's the interesting thing it's interesting because of all the weirdness it's it's violent it's frenetic i had no idea that Far Cry was so similar to Grand Theft Auto. I know some people will laugh about that. I had no idea that it was basically like a better version of Grand Theft Auto. For the, I, I, ne I didn't know that. I wish somebody had told me that. Like, uh, as I started to get into the game and I'm like hijacking vehicles and driving around and I'm like, this is sort of like what I wished Grand Theft Auto actually was if it was like a good game. Like, Grand Theft Auto has always has like cool ideas and they're always on the forefront of a lot of things, but the gameplay in Grand Theft Auto is eh. To me, it's not that great. Yeah. Um, all open-world games are better versions of GTA. Well, this one specifically, with its dark satire and violence and, you know, hijacking of every vehicle. It, it very much reminded me of that, which I didn't expect. And it's addictive. Like, the pacing of the game is very much like you do a bunch of small tasks that uh, sort of fill into your large experience bar. So the way the game works is you have this large bar and you're filling it up with things you're doing in each section of the world like any other open-world game. But the tasks are so small that every every little thing you do feels like you're doing something useful. So like I could turn the game on for an hour at night before I go to bed, take over an outpost, save a couple people, um, do one of the prepper stashes, and I'm filling up that little bar so I get a little bit of that crack in my head that, ooh, I did some stuff. And uh, and the gameplay feels really tight. You um, Like you shoot people in this game, Josh, and it feels good because they're not bullet sponges. Yet, at least. I played the game for quite a while, but they're not bullet sponges yet. You put a bullet in them and they're dead. Like one or two bullets, right? Yeah, I, I love that about it. Um, I don't know how it is on different difficulties, um, but on normal, like one one shot to the head, the, that person's down. Um, and I enjoy that quite a bit because um, it makes approaching, you know, camp encampments of um, these cultist members a lot um more tactical and like you could see how exactly because you can because you could pick out so the place is very it's montana so it's wide open and you have binoculars and i don't think i've used binoculars in a game as much as i do in this game <laughs> where it like maybe uh, oh, so you mark everybody kind of a thing 
<laughs> do what? You see, like you scope out everyone before you like enter a location. Yes. That's how you play. Okay, it, weird. Yeah. I've never yeah. used the binoculars um, once. That's fascinating. Oh, really? No, yeah. it, it's great because like you can zoom in. It marks all the people, and then you can kind of figure out what's the best way of uh, getting in there without you know taking as much uh, fire from these uh, enemies and uh, mm-hmm. coming out on top. And that sounds I, like a smarter way to play. Much smarter than I'm doing. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> well, right, you're Fish. Just... Like it's, it's strategic because because everyone dies so easily. You know, yes. you, I it's a lot more quite fun. a bit. Yeah, it's yeah. a breath of fresh air, honestly. Which is and, sad. And like it shouldn't be a breath of fresh air. It, <laughs> it was for me. Maybe, maybe I don't play as many open world or Far Far Cry games. Um, this is my first one as well. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, I I enjoy that quite a bit as just a gameplay mechanic. Like it makes it doesn't make shooting in this game feel like a chore at, at any in any way. It's more objective based. Um, where you're just trying to, you know, take over a encampment or liberate somebody from, um, or liberate a little outpost or something like that. It's, I, I'm, a, I enjoy the fact of that. Um, yeah. I wonder on, uh, I don't I think there's other difficulties. Out. I don't think there's other difficulties. There is, there's, is there's there really? easy, normal and hard. Huh. Um, I don't I know. Th- if, that seems weird. I don't know if you unlock another one, but I'd imagine on hard, maybe it's a little more difficult um in the fact that probably the the ai on the enemies ramps up a bit um where they uh, they can they're already they can too notice smart. you that's one of the weird things about the game that kind of sucks like you can kill a guy in private and he won't alert the whole camp but he might alert somebody nearby him that like the enemies seem a little too smart um have you noticed that yeah. at all yeah, they're almost like a they almost work like a hive mind type of thing where yeah. one person's dead but you kill them stealthily. It's like they're all like, "Whoa, whoa. What's going so, on?" So, yeah. Something's wrong with the force. Yeah, just, just like, like looking around. I I don't know what it is, man. I just got a feeling that Bob was murdered. I I don't know why. It's somebody like, just put a crossbow through somebody's temple. I could feel it. They're like hippies. They're all just right connected right to the universe, man. And then, like, you yeah. can feel a part of the universe is down. Um, well, that's what the... Well, the thing is, like, I've been doing... So, uh, when I, I'm only about seven hours into this game, but I started out just meandering around after you get off that initial tutorial type of little island. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing I, I did was just I started going wherever. Uh, I didn't really have... Uh, a place in mind like none of the characters i really necessarily wanted to start going for their land i just wanted to kind of explore yeah. the first thing i noticed was like uh seeing cars going down this road i was like oh that's that's weird oh okay there's some civilization here yeah the world that, is fucking it, alive it's yeah at, at fr- it's weird because like there's wilderness all around you <laughs> yeah but then there's like you start seeing cars going down this road and you're like, wow, that's a really busy road for like this almost <laughs> yeah. barely enough room for two cars in this, on this dirt road. But there's two, there's two lanes apparently. And there's fans, ATVs, cultists going down the road, like Cr- all the time. Grave. It's like a cracked out <laughs> Montana. Uh, the traffic was made by someone who's clearly never been to Montana. Well, I, I bet they did, but it's more like Grand Theft <laughs> Like, you know when you play Grand Theft Auto, like, you'll see people aggressively fighting and shit down the road, and there's, like, if the world doesn't just feel alive, they f- all feel, like, angrily, like, ag- agitated. Everyone in the world feels, like, agitated. It's strange. Yeah, and, and that was actually the first moment in that game where I felt like, oh, it kind of took me out, out of the immersion. Yeah. And 
uh, like you said, Josh, yeah, it's, I was like, oh, okay, this is very... It's like cars don't pass on dirt roads. Yeah. (laughs) If you're on a dirt road, there are no other cars on it with you at any given time. That's... (laughs) Yep. But it, it's yeah. kind of cool, and like the once you accept the video gaminess of it, because you get in all these little mini skirmishes that are just random and uh, goofy and mm-hmm. fun. So, yeah, there's there's still that open world hijinks though that you you could kind of play off of. Like, like I like the fact that you could jump into a car. So I didn't want to hijack anybody because I felt like that would go against my character as a deputy sheriff, like, <laughs> like playing the straight. <laughs> I, I was playing the straight oh, at first. Cute. I was just like. I was like, no way, I'm not going to hijack some random person. But so I just crossed the road and I started going up this hill and noticed this lady, she was like, a, she was selling like, I guess, items or whatever and telling me about hunting. And and all of a sudden I heard of like a commotion and like a car crash. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? I turned around and one of the cultists like ran into a civilian and I guess he was about to kill the civilian. Um, and he was out of the van, and I was like, "Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm gonna kill this civilian and save this guy." I, I say, so you mean I you're gonna up... kill the guy and save the civilian? That's what you meant to say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay and I gotcha. kill kill the cultists. Yeah, and I kill the cultists. In a dark twist, Fish decided to join the cult by killing the civilians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish there was that the option. That would go really deep. That would be um, some fucked <laughs> up shit. No, that just would not work. Um, yeah, would it? Um, but no, I, uh, yeah, I got into the van, um, and it just felt natural, like how things played out at that point. Um, even though, you know, it's very much a game and I just wanted to see how the driving was and the driving kind of sucked. And for me, I was like, man, I really don't want to drive. I drive all day at my job. Like this is probably the most boring fucking thing about this game at this point. Um, and then I was looking at the controls cause it flashes the controls for you um, when you first jump into a car and it said, click l3 for auto drive and i was like oh fuck yes thank god i hit that and i was like this feels great now and like i was having fun just looking at the countryside going down the road seeing cars pass by and seeing you know cultists pass by and be giving me second looks and i was like oh this is great normally Um, you have to uh really really tame that police cruiser and build a build a (laughs) build a nice bond so it'll stay on the paths while you're uh, while you're not actually paying attention to the wheel the funny thing about that is, Josh, I actually have a, <laughs> I have a video about this. I think I sent you guys, but I haven't uh, put it on the Instagram yet. The first time I did that fish, I, I had marked a fishing spot on my map. So I was, I put this video on Instagram too. I was exploring this trailer park and I found this guy who was a fisherman and in his house he had a fishing magazine. And when you find those, they mark fishing spots on your map. And of course you guys know me, I love fishing in games. So I marked it on my map and I jumped on this like ATV and I did the auto drive thing. And like literally a bear just crossed the road and I had to double take it. I was like, what a fucking grizzly bear crossing the road. <laughs> and that's when you knew the game was going to be bananas. Cause there's fucking bears and lions and fucking people fighting. And it's like, it's like the end. It's, it's, I'm telling you, it's a very cracked out fantasy world. Do not expect hyper realism here <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, but there, there's still parts of it where, like, it is, like, the graphics on there, it, it, the graphics are really good in this game, and, like, I like looking at in the vistas and everything, but some of the stuff also plays out in sort of, like, a weird, wacky way, like, um, as I was, as I was auto-driving, like, I kept looking back and, like, 
who's driving the car you know i'm looking out the back and i'm just like staring out the back of my <laughs> uh, new acquired cultist van and like it's just going nowhere but all of a sudden like i turned back around to look forward and a wreck had just happened right in front of me i was just passing by it and what had happened was a moose crossed in front of like a civilian's car and a cultist van like hit them or rear-ended them so like they were they ended up in the ditch and they were all pissed off but as i was driving by and whenever you're auto driving you're not driving the, as fast as you can uh i kind of just like looked at cultists i was like oh these are the guys that i have to fucking kill and they fucking noticed me and they're like oh isn't that that fucking deputy that <laughs> tried to take our fucking cultist leader and take him to jail and everything and had the helicopter crash and everything and i was just like oh shit they're probably gonna come after me and sure enough they opened fire i'm like oh fuck and like i i start returning fire to them and sure enough they jump back into their truck and chase me down and like it was just like holy fuck i need to take control of this car and get away from them and they ended up like killing yeah yeah, it, it just, it got crazy. They're all, aggressive. All... It, they can almost be annoyingly aggressive sometimes. I'll tell you what, I was fishing <laughs> last night, and, um, like, I was just fishing, and I'm in the middle of fishing, and these guys roll down the hill, and they're just, like, shooting me, and I'm like, dude, I'm fucking fishing right now. You don't fucking shoot a man when he's trying to fish. You know what I mean? So I was, I was not happy <laughs> about that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, you always got to check your surroundings before, oh. you know, you enjoy a little fishing. I was pissed about that. Um, but no, anyways, uh, it's, it it's, it's and fun and frenetic in that way. It's definitely got some rough edges in funny ways. Like last night I saved these three guys and they all were dressed exactly the same way, which I couldn't tell if it was just a joke or the fact that there's only like six enemy character models in the game. But like I saved these three good guys and they were all dressed exactly the same way. Cause they were part of this weird rebellion. Right. But they were just dressed like normal dudes with a hat and a t-shirt. Same hat, same t-shirt. And it was like, escort them to the spot, right? So I jump in this plane to ch or a boat or whatever, and they all just get in the water by me and start swimming with me. Like, have you ever seen like a duck get in a pond and there's a bunch of ducks that get behind it? It was just like, it was the most comical looking like AI thing I've, and like this game, it's got some <laughs> hilariously dumb shit in it, man. It really does. Um, and, and granted, this might be familiar to Far Cry, but I've never played a Far Cry game before. So this, this could be all new to me. And it's just funny. But, okay, I don't want to yeah. get too distracted with all that dumb shit. But it's there, and it's funny. Um, it is. Um, I, I just want to tell my story of, like... Oh, go for it. When I first came across a mount, uh, I think it was a mountain lion. Um, yeah. Uh, I had a gun for hire, which is, like, an NPC you can hire, and he just follows you around and shoots that shit that you're shooting. And um, for the most part, they're not annoying. Um, but this guy was like, oh shit, what the fuck is that? And I was like, well, what, what's he talking about? And all, all of a sudden I hear a mountain lion and like it attacks us. I'm like, holy shit, a fucking mountain lion's fucking after us. And like, I'm all thinking literal, like in real life, like this thing's going to fucking kill us. And like, it gets a good swipe at the dude and the NPC is just like, he's scrambling to try and shoot it i end up shooting it just enough to where it starts to flee and i was like oh hell no i'm gonna kill it i kill it and i'm like oh like everything's diffused and it felt so good i was like oh man that was intense as fuck mm -hmm. and then i kept going down the mountainside again and another mountain lion attack and i was like oh okay this is where it turns into that type of fucking game where it's just <laughs> red of a shit and i ended up going down yeah. this whole mountain and like four or five cougars attacked me and the at that point i was just like okay I'm, that was that was great the first time the next four times just i understand that 
this is how they're going to come out and attack you. But uh, yeah, it's it's the, the gaming, the game aspect of this game really sticks out. Um, and I think I think that has to be in this game. I guess um, it can't be just too serious, like open world type of games. It really has to. Uh, it's ridiculous. It it is. It is. It's really mm-hmm. ridiculous in a way that you'll either love or maybe it's not for you. That's why I'm curious to see if they end up sending it to Josh because I'm just curious how he feels about all this. Um, but like when you first started, it's I, it was a very nice feeling of like, oh, I came up on a campment. There was only three guys there. I used four bullets and killed them all. And like it was this really nice feeling. But as you get deeper into the game, it definitely gets more batshit crazy. There's missions where you kill 30 or 40 guys. There's points where I'm just kind of like, okay. It's nice that it only takes a couple shots to kill a guy, but you're still going to get to missions where there's just waves of dudes. And I, I don't know. I'm in love with this game, but I'm just, I wonder how the prolonged nature of the game will be. Like, I want 100% this game because it's so fascinating and it's set in Montana. I do, Josh. I want 100% this game, but I don't know if that's just a bold thing for me to say now and I'm going to get bored of it. Or, or what, but that's my goal. Because it's weird, Josh. Every corner of this world, there's these really beautiful puzzles, Josh. They're like, to me, I love them more than the shrines in Breath, uh, Breath of the Wild. It's got like, they're called prepper stashes. And basically, they're like these little mini puzzle things. And they're using sort of the first person um, gameplay mechanics to solve very short, simple puzzles. And then you get a bunch of money and you find these cool little locations where people are like hiding out called a prepper stash. It's pretty self-explanatory and they're really neat and cool. And they're one of my favorite things about the game. And they're new, I guess, to this fallout game or far cry game. So that is awesome. Like there's a, this is what I call, I said this before fish and I stand by this. This is what I call a perfect storm game for Morgan. Okay. A perfect storm game is a term I'd love to get off the ground at some point, which basically means yeah, everything's no one else, working. No one else has ever thought of using a perfect storm to... Uh... Never. Yeah. Never. Especially not for video games. No one's ever done it. Uh, wow. <laughs> never. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, look at it this way. I never played a Far Cry game before. I hate bullet sponges. It's got fishing in it. It takes place in Montana. I love religious imagery. Even when it's saying nothing, I don't care. I just like it. Like, this game, even the, the world is gorgeous. Like, it's... It's like a perfect storm game for me, and uh, it's not very often that those things come along, so I, I try to appreciate them um, when they do. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Well, um, I was going to say it's been a while since I played, you know, an open world game that I like, but uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild was definitely one of my all-time favorite open world type of games. Um, but um, as far as, like, realism goes and like the GTA uh, type of open world games like uh, St. Rose. I I would say this one, it it feels more focused in those games, um, which I enjoy. Like it's like a very set locale. It's one County. It's not a multiple cities uh, all interconnected. Like I I enjoy that. It's a little bit more intimate uh, as far as like its location and surroundings. Um, And I, I seem to be enjoying that more, like especially it, this location like i'm I'm still curious why they chose montana uh other than you know like because they can only only offend two people that way (laughs) (laughs) exactly morgan and his girlfriend um i I live in montana i can tell you that this game is selling i asked the people at my local GameStop, and they're like yeah this game is selling like crazy here um oh that's interesting 
And uh, weirdly enough, our GameStop did not get a lot of the cool like accessories, like the Far Cry Five sunglasses and stuff like that. And which makes no sense because we're the fucking Montana GameStops. Like, come on! I want all yeah, that they, dumb shit. You guys should be also, getting it for free. But also, why would a gamer ever need sunglasses? I mean, granted, I, they're I, going to need them if they ever go outside. But when are they going to go outside? We live in Montana, Josh. To go to GameStop to buy the next game. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yep. So you'll use it one shit. time. Yeah. There was, yeah. Anyways, um, I'd like to break down more of the nuts and bolts next week. We still have a couple more things coming up in the polls. We can talk about fish. But um, next week, I know Josh might get it in Gamefly. If he doesn't, that's not the end of the world. Me and Fish are going to spend some more time with it. Um, Definitely. Did you, how far are you into it, Fish? You said about seven hours, but like, are you still just exploring yeah. that first area, Falls End? Yeah, for the most, or no. I didn't go to Falls End. Actually, oh. like, yeah, my whole hijinks was, uh, I already told like half the story there, but I I wanted to go up to that mountain where there's that big old statue of Joseph Seed. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I had, honestly, I went up there. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go up there since it's like the biggest thing on the map, which by the way, like looking at that map, like it's crazy. I, yeah. Yeah, it, it's big, but it's also like you can zoom in and it's there's just enough detail there to where you're just like, it really feels good to just explore that map and see where you want to go. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I want 100% it because every little cranny feels pretty yes. cool, you know? Yeah, and they seem to highlight all the all the spots. stashes, that, fishing spots. Yeah. Have you done any of the like the races where you get in the plane or the cars and you do like the... No, not the, yet. Clutch Shay would love the Clutch Nixon music. It's like hair metal. They basically play like some fucking hair metal music, and you get inside a vehicle and you have to do like an obstacle course kind of a thing. It's it's fun but fucking ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it's making fun of like a a daredevil, like an evil Knievel kind of person that was famous in this land for for many a moons. Um, anyways, that's it's a weird it's a weird fucking game, man. Like so I'm saying, this game's weird. It's real fucking weird. It is, yeah. Um, but there's little touches like I, I befriended this lady. We were defending these graves where her father was buried and I didn't find her graves? prepper stash. Jesus Christ. What did they do to him? They killed. Um, okay. I, I was, um, basically this lady was at this <laughs> church. <laughs> it was this church and her father was there. So she, and she didn't like how these cultists were just desecrating it. Right. So we had to help her defend these graves. Anyways, when I did that, I warped back to this older area I'd already been at. And this guy was like, hey, he had a new icon over his head, which was the prepper stash icon. And when I talked to him, he was like, hey, guess what? Um, I know where this prepper stash is on your map. Now, I bet if I would come across it naturally, it would have been fine. But once he marked it on there, I knew where it was. And I went and tracked it down and did it. So there's a lot of like very small smart details in the game that I'm sure are just common refinements to the open world genre. but. Uh, they're nice. They're nice. Anyways, um, I'd like to really break this down with you more fish next week because we have a lot to get to here. But I will say that okay. I am really enjoying it. Some of the rough jank, as fish will attest to, there is some animation issues. Like I said, it's a little janky. Sometimes I'll blow people up and their bodies will move in unnatural ways or they'll get stuck in walls and, you know, goofy shit like that. Um, it, it's It's kind of got some of that Ubisoft open world crust to it. And that's that's unfortunate like i wish that this game had been i wish they had held off and like released it in the summer and maybe spent like three more months to polish it because the difference between this being one of my all-time favorite games and or a masterpiece would have been like the level of polish that uh, breath of the wild got 
You know what I mean? Now, granted, not every company can work yeah. on a, a game for seven years or whatever the fuck it was. You know, they just can't. But it's it's a little rough around the edges. It can be a little janky. Um, that's too bad. I mean, that's just polish. That's all it is. It's just polish. So, you know, there's a lot more. There's a lot of moving parts in this game. I know that's probably difficult. I'm not going to make excuses for it. I just wish that they had been able to rough that out. Um, God damn, is it fun, man. It is a fun fucking game. Uh, anyway, Fish, well, let's, let's report more on that next week, Fish. Let's delve into the details. We got a lot to get to here. Um, I wanted to go to the polls, and then I want to talk about some CFDs with Josh. Me and Josh have some fucking epic CFDs stories. I tell you what we do. Um, quick poll rundown, Bubba. I've already mentioned two of them. I did wear the bra as voted on every Tuesday at Sword Chomp. On the Sword Chomp Instagram, I have polls running, so go check them out. Please vote. Um, and yes, I wore the bra, barely voted 60%, so I did it, even though now that I'm thinking about it, it doesn't really play that well on the podcast, because you can't see me. So maybe I'll post a picture on the Instagram page. Um, I also mentioned the, uh, other poll, um, about, now I'm trying, I'm spacing it out as I try to find it here desperately. Uh, there was another poll I put up about, um, okay, I guess not. So the other polls I had, critics are crazy and out of touch. The Far Cry 5 villains are charismatic and memorable. 65% of people said yes. And I appreciate them doing that because the, the villains in this game are crazy and memorable. Especially Joseph Seed. Which, by the way, Joseph Seed, we were talking about this with my girlfriend, sounds like a porn star. Um, 70s porn star, Joseph Seed. Lay that seed. Um, it's, he's, he's like uh, got a sort of a demented Jared Leto vibe. Like the way he talks to you and people in the game, he's very calm. Um, very, like the way he speaks is very intelligent and, and very like slow and measured. And there's like little moments like the first scene with his brother, John Seed. So there's four villains in this game. There's the main crazy guy, Joseph Seed. He's the leader, right? He's like the cult leader. He's very charismatic. Then you have his family. They're all of his underlings. You have the girl. I forgot her name, something Seed. You have Faith. Jo- Faith Seed, yes. Cool name. Uh, the- yeah, and actually, yeah, I got a bit of her story, and she's actually not related to him. I may be wrong, but the, she, she gives some, like, she starts talking about herself, and, like, you're tripping on the bliss. Um, As we do. Yes, in this game. And, yeah, she, she mentions that he took her in, so... Uh, she's not related to him. But, not by blood, um, just by... Yeah. yeah, she's more of a fanatic. Okay, and she her area is like all drugged out. She's the drugger. Uh, John Seed is sort of the sweet preacher man. He's like the say yes, and like his personality is just overtly, generically nice. He's like, oh, you know, and, and John is like... You could tell when they talk, like, I got to this movie with John Seed... And <laughs> I got this movie with John Seed and um, Joseph Seed. And basically you could tell there was like the younger brother looking up to the older brother. And just reading stuff in the game that I found, um, you could just tell when they were talking, Joseph Seed had that impression on his younger brother. Like his younger brother just really respected him and like would do anything for him. And that was sort of part of how he got sucked into his cult. And I could see that in sort of the subtleties in the, in the cinematic I watched. And I don't know anything about the other one. There's this bearded evil looking man with a knife who's in the top I don't know his name something else seed uh and I don't know anything about that guy yet so who knows if he's cool or not but it's a it's a they each own a plot of the land and the interesting thing about it is as you clear out the land you get more story and people have been bitching about it because they will arbitrarily catch you 
like three or four times per map that you fill out so they can tell you more story. So as you fill up this bar, there's these little checkpoints and they'll say, okay, you've been marked and they're sending out some people out to capture you. And the reason they do that is they want to tell you more story. So they, it, it's always the same thing I've seen so far. You get captured, you see a movie and you find a way to break out. It happens over and over again. It's almost comical, but that's just the way they're doing it. And, um, it doesn't make sense from a logical perspective, except that it makes sense from the fact that the game is ridiculous and it's fucking Far Cry. And it's just, um, they're trying to tell you... That the, the hard thing about open world games is they have a tough time telling you the story. Even like in Zelda, you'd spend hundreds of hours in that game and you sometimes you'd get a story part and you'd be like, oh, I forgot like that there was even telling a story in this game and you'd see a nice sweet little movie, you know? Like, it's tough to tell a really moving story in an open world game because you'd get lost doing side quests and shit for hours and hours and it's like, oh yeah, there's a story here, so that's their solution to the problem, whether you like it or not. That's what they're doing. Um, anyways, I'm glad our community voted, um, shoving in the face of the critics out there, like Jeff Gersman, who thinks that the villain is crap. Love you, Jeff Gersman. You're one of my heroes, but you are dead wrong. You're dead wrong. Um, let's see here. Morgan uses the term, oh yeah, brain clit when talking about gaming addiction, and it came back uh, positive, 70%. Thank you for approving that. I will continue to use it to disgust everyone involved and also copyright it so no one else can steal it um now do you guys have a thought on this i me and my uh family we watched the movie a bug's life this weekend a disney classic from pixar and so i put it up for fun on the poll i like to throw something ridiculous on our site a bug's land a bug's life is greater than ants because if you guys remember ants and a bug's life came out at the same time it was like a really weird year where there was two animated movies about bugs <laughs> you guys remember that that was like a really weird time maybe i'm just really old um no i remember that and bugs life is the correct answer okay good man good man. wrong you like ants anybody here for team ants did anyone watch ants Shane. you watched that movie Shay shay's raising his hand for team ants he's in the 35 percent i loved oh. ants Fish said gross. Do you hear that? He said gross. <laughs> Ants is a fine movie. It's fine. No a Bug's Life, though. I mean, come on. The charm. See, a uh, the Ants had Woody um, Allen in it, er, and it was like, uh, it was very much like had, sort of a They had a, a lot goal. of people. They had Sylvester Stallone. They had Christopher yep. Walken. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was a very adult. Did they should have hired an animator, though. Well the, well, the animation was weird. The Ants looked real fucking weird in that movie. <laughs> They did, but um, like that's the thing is like it had a little bit more adult humor, and it didn't have it, did. yeah. it didn't have the stamp of the tyrant Disney. Neither the did tyrant a Disney. Bug's the Life. Tyrant. Wow. Since this was Disney owns Pixar, they do now. At the time, they were just Pixar, weren't they? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's a weird thing to hold it against it. Who cares if it's Disney or not? <laughs> I care. I thought you were pro Disney, Shay. Aren't you always talking about Disney movies in a positive manner? I do love Disney, but that doesn't change the fact that it's a tyrant. Oh, that's a fascinating opinion. <laughs> I love them, but they're a tyrant. Do you love tyrants? No. Yes, you do. Um, I don't no. know. Bugs Life. Is, Bugs Life is more charming, and there's a terrible PlayStation One game that I really miss, and I want to play it again for a Bugs Life. Uh, but they're both good movies. The Ants is not terrible. Despite what Fish might tell you. Westworld Season 2 has me concerned. How can you top Season 1? 56% said yes. Now, of us here, 
How many of you have watched Westworld Season 1? Show of hands. Fish? No Shay, no Josh. Okay, so they don't seem that interested in this discussion. Um, someone, I had a listener write in to me, and I thought it was pretty cool because he was pretty sold on this because Jonathan Nolan, Christopher Nolan's brother, if you don't know, Christopher Nolan is the famous director of things like The Dark Knight, um, Insomniac, um, Memento. Jonathan Nolan worked on the Westworld series, and this listener has full faith uh, in Westworld's two season two being great because of the cast involved. I wanted to give him uh, a quick shout out here because I thought it was pretty cool for him to message me. His name is the Micah Roney, and he DM'd me on Instagram and was like making a case. He's passionate about Westworld season two. I just think that I don't know if you know about this, uh, how you feel about this fish. But like the first season with the setup, the getting the premise getting used to all the sex robots and like the the dark twist and learning that world, all that mystery is gonna be gone and now it's just like, oh shit's gone to hell. So, you know, what are you thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I all that stuff, like that 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 was very interesting and like that really sold, you know, this robotic uh theme park. Um um headed by this uh the AI and all these uh, different robots, but yeah, it I, it's hard for me to have faith in like a second season. But I think I think I'm not saying it's impossible, but um, I think the way they would do it is maybe introduce like even stronger themes and um, like I don't know, like it, it's hard for me to see where they go from there. But I'm very curious of where they actually do go. Um, as far as like having faith in it being better than the second season or at least standing um next to it. Um uh yeah, it's it's up in the air for me. We'll have to see. I, I have faith that they will make it good now. This listener has convinced me it it has potential to be good, but it cannot it cannot top the first season. And my favorite poll of the week, which I was almost too afraid to put up, and I decided if I'm afraid to post it, it's probably the right thing to do. It had to do with the sex robots in Westworld and it said I wouldn't admit it to anyone, but the first place I would go in Westworld would be the, uh, <clears throat> and I had a picture of the saloon where you go to have sex with all the beautiful prostitutes, men or women. There's no discrimination here. It's not all about pervy men. And it came back almost 80% yes. So people were not afraid to admit <laughs> that they wanted to fuck some robots. <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that. I love oh, that. What's I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like... You voted yes. <laughs> I watched maybe the first four episodes of the first four se- or the first season, and I got bored with the show, and I quit watching. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> uh, really? It was what, boring. What? It, it, yeah, those those first few episodes actually are kind of like a slow burn, but they at least like they alluded to something bigger and eventually like I just got through it and was sort of, or I would say I was rewarded with what they actually introduced later on in the fish. Not everyone can wrap their head around the intricate plot lines of Westworld. You know, it takes, it takes a certain mind to be able to comprehend the dense, uh, material. It's true. (laughs) Not everyone can understand sex robots. It's a pretty difficult task. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, it really is, you know. I will. I gotta Where say, does the jizz go? 
How do they get it out? How do they cl- they show you how they clean them and stuff afterwards? It's interesting. Um, I, I feel like the women yeah. benefit the most from that, though, because, you know, those sex robots last as long as you want them to. Anyways, I want to thank everyone for being completely honest with that poll. That is awesome. I love that our, our listeners are that brave. Um, I also would like to edit this in really quickly. I'm sorry, Josh. You're just going to have a hell of a show. You Any, have to be drinking. Anytime a- you say you want to edit something in, it doesn't happen. Just so you're aware. Well... Well, we have we have because, to because there I are already up. 45 edit points before whatever you're going to say now. I will not be able to select all this shit and move it the correct amount to keep everything synced up with whatever well, I, you I, put I, in. I I don't want to edit. You're going to try to add something I, to the beginning of the show. No, so no, me finding I just it right now will not make it to the beginning of the show. I just forgot to read a lot of these Far Cry comments that I meant to read because I was rushing through to the next session of the show. But we had so many good Far Cry comments that I promised I would read and get people involved and I forgot to read them. So I'm just asking you to maybe like insert this right after our Far Cry talk. That's all. I'm not asking for anything too fancy. It's still likely not going to happen, but we'll find out. (sighs) We'll find out how many cuts there are between here and Far Cry. People love it's these. It's likely a dozen, their... and so it's likely not going to happen. <clears throat> Just to make sure everything stays synced up. Well, but people love reading their comments on or hearing their comments on the show. Sounds like a good reason to make sure you read them on time, then. Okay, well, think about it. All right, so let's just pretend that maybe... Well, I'm sorry, Josh. I was just... We, we had a thousand other fuck-ups at the beginning. Come on. It's been kind of all over the place. But everything's um, still in order. We just... Once you start moving, want, stuffing, moving stuff around, the editing becomes much, much different. Uh, well, think about it, because I think these commenters would be very happy if we read and discussed their Far Cry comments. Um, cause there are some really good ones in here. Um, like wannabe underscore Viking said, I feel like during the marketing, they made it seem like they were heading towards making some sort of political statement with the game and they had plenty of opportunities to do so. So I can see why people are disappointed that they didn't, which is something we mentioned earlier that the marketing was, um, kind of, uh, you could say misleading if you were in, and I believe maybe people implied their own, um, uh, tones on that. Uh, Fender211PI said, I don't really agree with the critics on this. Politics should be strictly, strictly kept out of video games unless both sides are getting hammered, uh, both left and the right. People flock to video games as a way to escape. I think it's interesting. They're saying keep politics out unless it's, <laughs> unless it's fucking with both sides. Unless both sides are getting co- totally reamed. Let's, uh, let's leave it out of there. Um, there's a couple... There's a couple this, this is an, another really passionate comment here. Uh, that I thought was was pretty interesting. Um, the Padula Blangada. God, I totally butchered that name. The Padula Oblongata. Oh, that's I know what that's from. I totally know what that's from now. Um, he said, it's all about expectations. Any art that positions itself as having something important to say about anything and then doesn't should be critically evaluated on those promises. The marketing and from what I've heard other journalists say about the game during behind closed doors demos seem to indicate that it was going to take uh, the subject of extremism and political fringe groups in America seriously, and it hasn't. So that is an interesting, again, that's the biggest thing I think we're getting hung up on, which is fascinating about this game, is the idea that if a game implies that it might be dealing with those subjects, that it then should be held accountable if it doesn't. Is the implication from the marketing, is, let's put it this way, is the implication in our minds or is the implication overt and done by the marketing? And Josh, you were saying that you believed 
that was very intentional for them to sort of trick us with the marketing. It's not even so much they're tricking us. They probably accomplished everything they meant to and just didn't do a good job with it. I mean, this kind of feels like no Russian all over again. I mean, obviously with, you know, slightly different subject matter, but it's the Mm -hmm. same sort of thing where this big company doesn't want to offend anyone, but they want to make a statement. Ooh, it's edgy. We're we're talking about this big thing. And then that entire sequence was nothing. Like that was, that was the biggest, like nothing. There was no character development. There were not, no, there was no statement to be made. It was just, oh, look how horrible this is. That's, that's as far as it went. Like it's, this kind of feels like that again to me. Oh man, I, I hope we get to talk about No Russian again one day. I got a lot of thoughts on that. Johnny on the spot said, what makes art wonderful is when it has nothing particular to say and is only um, open to interpretation, which is interesting. Like I almost made that case earlier. I know you disagree with me, Josh, as I was saying that it sort of just poses ideas and leaves them open to interpretation, which I think is fun. Um, Taking Shape said, I'm very, very glad you're having this conversation. Well, thank you. We are as well. Um, I won't tread on Colin Mariotti's tailcoat here. Hey, you mentioned our boy Colin. I don't know why he's called him our boy. I just, I just, I just say that about people. Pretend like they know who we are. Um, uh, I won't uh, tread on Colin Mariotti's tailcoat too hard here, but it really is what is Far Cry 5 saying versus what we think Far Cry 5 should have said. The visibility of how our own personal politics sway any attempt at an objective look at something real here. I think that is a great fucking answer. I really do. Anybody have a thought on that? No. I mean, I think that's probably part of it with some reviewers, but also I think with a lot of reviewers, it is just say something. Don't tell me you're going to make this big point and then don't. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting. And this is just such a fascinating thing. Um, Caleb Tor Morganfield said, I think the issue is while Far Cry 5 made no attempt to be a statement about extremism in today's culture, it still touched on elements one associated with it. And given the current political climate we're in, a lot of people saw the game setting, assumed it'd be making some sort of statement. I guess my biggest issue is when critics hold it responsible for that. Like, you might be bummed, but should you really slam the game? Is it worth, like, if Jeff Gersman was happy that the game made, had something to say, would it have been a four or five star for him? Like, four stars instead of three? Like, is it... There's nothing wrong. Opinions, reviews are subjective opinions. And I'm not... I don't want to come out here and say that I believe people should... You know, I'm trying to sway their opinions. That's that's ridiculous. What I'm saying is, is it fair to impose what we think a game should be on what the final product actually is? Is that a fair way to criticize something? I don't think so. Yeah, I, don't. I mean, we all kind of assume the game will be fun when we put it in. Um, does it have to be fun? Who knows? Maybe they weren't going for fun this time. That seems like a reasonable thing to us to assume a game will be. This is. Mm-hmm. That a game, a game's narrative having anything, just fucking anything to say, seems like a reasonable sort of assumption. Okay, I I understand the point you're making. No, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think that's an interesting way. Yeah, of looking at it for sure. Um, Cosmic Popstart said one of the coolest things about games is how diverse they can possibly be, but in the same way that we get mad when they announce Uncharted, the movie, because it doesn't need to exist. I tend to get annoyed when a game beats you over the head with an agenda, if that makes any sense. I think what I'm trying to say is that I'm glad that it can be, but rarely needs to. It also is fair to criticize any piece of art if it has something controversial to say. 
That being said, I haven't played more than a few hours of this, and it doesn't seem to be, um, and it doesn't seem to be making any actual comparisons to anything we're dealing with in America. It's also just being Far Cry, outrageous and kind of slop, sloppily, but way better than something like Saints Row. And I appreciate you said that because Saints Row, I can never get behind those games. I've just tried really hard to get into them, and I just—it could just be a flavor, you know, whatever flavor moves you. But I just can't get into the Saints Row, Saints Row games. Um, this comment, uh, this this is a pretty funny one here. Um, let's see, Pig. Uh, I'm trying to find new commenters who we haven't been able to read on the show before. Um, Pig Tree Sam said, "Far Cry Five is a unique case where they set up expectations with their initial trailer, implying that it would actually try and make a statement. Again, of course, a game is allowed to just be fun. However, games are an art form, and the creators absolutely can put their statements in the game and give it a real message, just as you can in a film or books. In my opinion." To say that they can't is implying that they just aren't good writers in the gaming industry. I haven't played Far Cry 5 yet, but it also sounds like the story and characters are weak in general compared to previous games. Well, I don't know about that because I haven't played those either, but I'm telling you that you might pick up this game and think that the... I tell you this, the characters are interesting. I don't really know, you know, how much more needs to be in the sense that they're just interesting. I don't really, you know, are they perfectly fleshed out? I haven't, pl- I haven't experienced them all yet, but I think Joseph Seed is a great villain and I disagree strongly with the people that uh, say otherwise. Okay, one more. Let's let's wrap it up with one final comment here. Um, something something good. Let's see. Brendan J. Brooks. It's not that video games have to say something, but I think Far Cry made all the rumblings it was going to say something and then didn't. They hooked you and played up the social commentary and then went Far Cry. I think Far Cry is getting hung for it because they made all the impressions they were going to say something and then didn't deliver on the tease. And I, I think that really breaks down the final thought on this whole conversation is, did we believe, did we imply our own, like what we thought it was going to say as opposed to what they said it was going to say? And I think a lot of people believe in the marketing that they were going to try and say something a little different. Break the mold of what Far Cry was going to be. And it's just another Far Cry game with some uh, some cultist imagery and the critics are not happy about it but i will tell you this from a lot of these comments a lot of the people a lot of our followers are loving the fuck out of this game as i am and i love that maybe we can be a voice for people that feel there's an echo chamber i've said this before there's a fucking echo chamber in this world and the critics are out there and they're just talking to each other back and forth and it is not a correct assessment that i believe um people feel like their opinions are being uh, projected out there well enough, and that frustrates me as well. So, and I put a lot, I try to put a lot of stock and time into my opinion, and, and, and I mean that in all seriousness, not to, not in sort of like ego sense, but just I really try to take stock in what I think is right for the industry and not for the industry, and where my opinion is coming from. Um, so I'm glad that there is at least, if people disagree with us, they're glad that we are having this fun conversation. So. Anyways, we'll see. Maybe this will just be here on the show, or maybe Josh will edit it back in. Who knows? It's a mystery, because I don't want Josh to yell at me again. And as we're moving on here to the Sea of Thieves conversation, um, we have some good and fucking fascinating stories from Sea of Thieves, which was a, a... another controversial sort of game that people have been talking about. I So I convinced you, I was so excited when I first played this game. I was like, Fish, I will pay for it. I will give you $60 to play this game. And you know what Fish told me? No. He said no said, fuck you and your pirate adventures. I want no part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Go suck an egg and get scurvy, bitch. That's, that's exactly what I said, actually. That's exactly what he said. And my heart died. My, my best friend didn't want to play the game with you. So I was like, you know what, fish? Fuck you. Uh, so I played it some more. And I said, God, this game is so fun. So I was like, well, 
I don't know if Josh, I'm going to go nag Josh and see if Josh wants to play this game. So I go to Josh, and I'm like, Josh, I will pay half of this game for you. Because um, money's getting tight. <laughs> Offer to buy the full game for Fish because he's in a tough situation. But Josh, you're interested. I'll buy half this game for you. And Josh was like, eh, okay. At first, Josh was like, I'm going to wait until they finish the game. And then I convinced him by buying half of it for him to buy it on PC, which is the whole process we talked about last week. And now Josh seems to be fully behind this game because he's been talking about it a lot. And wow, Josh, did we have a great afternoon last weekend. Woo! Mm-hmm. Some, good, some good times. Uh, it was Easter. We neglected our families, as one does on Easter, um, to be pirates. Yeah, I Fish think that's the actually food. the message of Easter. Yes. Yeah, it's- yeah, because the, the whole story there was Jesus was supposed to go home and visit his dad, and he decided not to. Mm-hmm. He really wanted to play <laughs> He really had to go get some plunder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, no, I'll come Jesus, back to Earth for a while. Jesus was a big fan of Rare games. Um, you know, it's it's been interesting, um, Josh. This game's game is just a fun game to talk about the story. So the first night we tried it, it was pretty tame but fun experience. I was worried that I was going to buy this game for you and we weren't going to have anything cool happen to us and I was going to be sad. But the reason I was so enthusiastic about buying this for you and Fish was that I was having these incredible experiences and I just wanted other people to experience them. And boy, howdy, did we have some crazy shit happen. You go first, Josh. Let's just grab some random stories. Let's make it story time. Sea of Thieves. Um, Josh, what's what's a great first... Tell me a story. Regale us with a tale. Well... Continuing on the theme from last week, Morgan has a thing about jumping out of the ship just at a moment's uh-huh. notice without, without letting anyone know, and we'll have to stop the ship and wait for him because he saw something shiny. Um, <laughs> that, that continued through the entire gameplay section, but... Yeah, just sounds like a dog just jumping out the mm-hmm. car window. Yeah, it's you know. like that crab. He, he in sees water. his reflection shiny. in the water. Hey, look, there's a guy there, and just jumps in. It's, I don't, yeah, it's kind of. I have a thing with water, Josh. It's like a moth mm-hmm. to the flame. I'm like, oh, pretty water. I gotta swim. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah. So, anyway. Um, You're just making fun of my jumping in the water? Yes. It wasn't leading to a story? No, that <laughs> wasn't leading anywhere. I just wanted to let everyone okay. know exactly what playing Sea of Thieves with Morgan is, is like. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it sounds like a blast. Um, I regret not getting that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Saving so, me from yeah. sharks and what <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. <clears throat> Alright, drop anchor. Morgan's five hundred feet behind us again. It's time to wait for him to catch the, back up. <laughs> the, There's the a shark. Somebody that, shoot the shark. Alright, there he is. I I should have known in the first five minutes we were gonna have a good time because we saw a ship and this poor guy jumped out of his ship and he was on the island. I don't think he even saw us and we had the big galleon. He had the tiny swoop and the first thing we did was Josh just rammed headstrong, just casually right into his ship. Like Josh is pretty good at steering that ship, so uh, we were. Just, I just watched the whole thing. I actually recorded it and he just like rammed right into this poor ship. Like literally, we sunk them just by. Ram- it took a little while, but we just ran into them once and they and they sunk and the poor guy was in a panic and we killed him and. uh so that was how we started the day, just mm-hmm. basically ramming our big ship into a tiny ship and uh, fucking with them. And I felt he didn't have any treasure, though, so it was kind of a hollow uh, dickery there. Hollow dickery, which is not the best kind of dickery that one can engage in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we know our dickery here at the Chompcast. So then yeah. we the, the next cool thing that happened was we found like a wreck. I want to say that was the next cool thing that happened. We found this wreck 
underwater. The wrecks in this game are just cool to find because, like I said, you see the seagulls circling, but they just look pretty. Like, the lighting and everything was, like, beautiful. Yeah. It was in the middle of the day. You could see part of the ship sticking out of the water, and you just jump in there, and you're, like, just hoping there's going to be treasure, and it just looks gorgeous. And, yeah, we, like, found a couple of treasure... Uh, a couple um, chests of treasure in there. So that was... We had a good day as, as far as shipwrecks go. We were finding a lot mm-hmm. of shipwrecks. Um, yeah. So that was kind of the... Actual gameplay things that happened. But... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the big thing, the, the main story for the day was uh-huh. after turning in all those chests from our, our quests and whatnot, we decided, let's go be a dick one more time before we're done. And so we steal... We, we, we sink some guy's ship, kill him, and steal his treasure. His, his one single treasure chest. Not, not a I lot. I feel like an asshole. We, we rolled up on him, yeah. and, he, and we just ni- annihilated his boat and mm-hmm. took his treasure. Yeah, <laughs> his one treasure chest. And for the rest of the day, this guy kept coming after us trying to get his one treasure chest back. Relentlessly. Remember that guy in the underwear fish that chased us in Grand Theft Auto? It was just like that. Yeah. It was just like that. Oh, yeah. Like he and he kept losing. He kept attacking us and kept losing for so long, for so long. Like there was no way it was. Like after the first hour, it was not cost effective. You know, three hours in, it made absolutely no fucking sense why this guy was still trying to get the one chest. He was just having fun. There was a girl. Mm -hmm. So when we sunk his ship, there was a girl on the island that they were separated from him, probably looking for treasure. And then he was on the boat. So when we sunk him. He kept spawning back with his boat at port, and then he would quickly try to find us again. But the girl was stuck on the island. Yeah. So they were separated, which was interesting. Um, but anyways, Josh, yeah, we, we, we stole some treasure. I think he was just pissed that we took his... He had a good chest. He had a nice chest on him, and we jacked it. And I think he was just pissed. And, you know, part of the fun in that game is, like, fucking with people. So, um... I don't know why they're laughing at me on the webcam. I must have said something weird. You have a nice chest on you, too. That, that bra is very <laughs> flattering. <laughs> it, really, it really brings out... Um, <laughs> so anyways, this guy's chasing us for like... We had like a bunch of mini battles because he kept coming back and he didn't have any chance against us, but he was irritating, irritating us, right? Because we didn't want him taking our treasure. Mm-hmm. And Josh was on the island doing this quest with the riddle, trying to find treasure. And he was being stressed because there was a girl on the island and he was Trying to her. kill me while we're trying to find this chest. Yeah. Yeah. It was frenetic because the guy kept coming back like a fucking pest, like Josh was saying. So every time we kept killing him and sinking his ship, they were all fun. Oh, one time I put it on the Instagram. Uh, our friend Akuna Matata Ryan, who was playing with us, he did the suicide mission thing where he grabbed a gunpowder p- barrel, swam to the other ship, and then blew it up for us with, you know, basically suiciding out. It was just really cool to kind of... We, we, we just took this guy down in 100,000 <laughs> different ways. It was, it was huh? so fun. Mm-hmm. But that was just the uh, foreplay for the grand finale. So we decided to go back and turn in our chest because this guy was just irritating us after an hour of battles. And we just fly back to land. And Josh is taking the helm, right? And this guy is chasing us down full speed thinking, I'm going to block you guys from turning in your fucking treasure. I'm going to make your guy's life hell. And what happened, Josh? Narrate the story from there. Tell us what happened. Oh, the, the sailing in this game is really, really pretty fun. Um, you, uh, it's not the most realistic because you can sail directly into the wind and just be fine as long as you've got your sails up. But if you're going with the wind, you go much, much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of the, the trade-off there, there are a bunch of trade-offs between the large and small ships. 
Um, the large ones have... That, that sounds like a deal breaker to mm-hmm. me, selling into the wind. Just doesn't fucking make sense yeah. to me. I mean, it can be done, but not, not the way He's this game handles sarcasm. it. Um, just being fish. He doesn't, he doesn't yeah. appreciate. But 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 anyway, we had we had our large galleon, and he was just on a small ship behind us. And anytime the wind changes, you've got to move all your sails in order to try to catch the wind again, mm-hmm. which is much much faster on a small ship. Um, yeah, because so all the controls work faster. There's less of them, so we're so he caught us. Mo- yeah, we're most of the way back there, and the wind changes, and he catches up to us, and is just. There's no way we can get to port without him. He got in between us and the island, which was smart on his part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no way we, we could have turned in safely at that point. So we decided to just destroy him instead. Even though we'd given up, you know, we hadn't been actively trying to kill this guy for some time. Like, the one time when we stole his chest was the only time when he had no say in the matter. Every time past that, it was because he was trying to get his chest back. Yes, yes, yes. Um, he brought death upon himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he just wanted to have fun. I think he's one of those people that's just like, this game is more fun when you harass people, so yeah. let's just do it. Let's just fight, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, because we can't get to port before him at this point and just turn chests in and leave him alone, um, I decide to turn directly into him and just drop the anchor so we can broadside him right as he's trying to pull into port. And we end up just just demolishing this guy. Just demolishing him. Well, and the visual of that is basically, yeah, when you drop anchor, if you do it right and you're, and you're turned with your wheel, your ship just does this, it sways sideways because of the way the anchor drops and the way you're hitting the wind and cutting and everything, your ship will just sway sideways and because it, it stops so fast and abruptly. And when it did, it spun us to where all four of our cannons were directly facing his ship. And he just like, you could see him panicking too, because he stopped to start and turn around because, you know, we had sort of surprised him and he was frozen in the same spot for a good 20 seconds or so. I have video of it. It's just too dark to really appreciate, I think. Mm. Um, oh, I, I enjoyed that video. Um, is it the one where it's like in the dark and like all those cannons? Like All the cannons. Yeah, you make that stop. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. All you give the him a full broadside. Yeah, yeah you can't yeah. really yeah, see from that, that footage, actually. but he was coming up on our left. And so mm-hmm. I braked, you know, t- dropped the anchor and cut hard into him so we could get the first volley from the left side of the ship. Right. And we did that and then spun so hard and because he was going so fast trying to get the port in front of us, he just sailed right past us and right yeah. around the yeah. ship. Yeah. So we got to that, hit him with the other amazing, side of the actually. ship. It, and, yeah. Yeah. it was amazing and I just feel like the hour before that is part of the context that it's hard to explain to people. Like I, I'm not kidding yeah. you. When that happened, me and our friend Ryan and Josh were all squealing like little schoolgirls. We were like... <laughs> We were just unloading cannons. It, like, it was embarrassing how excited we were. Like, it was crazy, like, how perfect we swung into them. Like, because it, it's kind of hard to position your ship to get a perfect 
um, cannon shot on somebody. And like after that whole fight, and we ended up him trying to block us off to turn in our treasure, and we just did this, um, Josh did this amazing move, and we were just facing him, unloading him. We were just freaking out. Like, it was so exciting. I showed the video to my girlfriend. She was like, yeah, it's kind of cool. I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand. It was so amazing. This guy had been trying to kill us for hours before this happened. Yeah. <sighs> The context is just hard to, to mm-hmm. show. And the, and the sweetest part about that was when um, we turned in our treasure, I bought, a, I bought a hook for myself, which I'm pretty proud of my little captain's hook that I have now. Um, but the coolest part was I got this video up on Instagram, or at least some of it. We, we, we saw the day's basically over, right? And we're just like, okay, well, it, it is Easter. We should probably go spend some time with our families. Let's just go get that last chest and call it a night. And as we were done playing the game, we were just going to go get the last chest and call it good. We were pretty exhausted. We had so many good memories. And as we were going to finish the day, our last 10 minutes of the game, our ship just stopped. We're like, what the fuck is happening? And the water under us got dark. And I just hear Ryan screaming, is this the Kraken? Is this the Kraken? And I'm like, oh, fuck. I wanted to see the Kraken so bad. And it was the fucking Kraken, man. Mm -hmm. We got attacked by the, which is completely random mm-hmm. um getting uh, go ahead josh i'm sorry i was still i was so excited uh, yeah the best part of it is because this guy got his revenge whether he realized it or not because he'd been throwing his you know useless corpse at us for so long uh-huh. we had no cannonballs on the ship we didn't we, we had no cannon we had unloaded all of them into him just respawning over and over so the kraken attacks us and we've got two cannonballs on the ship like that's it <laughs> we've yeah. got no way to defend I, ourselves at this point in the video that i put up on instagram sword chomp at instagram um i you could see him running by you in the video and you running by him in a panic and then checking all the cannonballs and just be like oh there's no cannons in here there's no cannonballs and we we probably could have fucked that thing up the one thing that doesn't show in the video from my perspective is the kraken will actually grab you he grabbed me and i could see inside of its tent its tentacles have mouths and when i was in its mouth i'm not even kidding you i could see the sides of the mouth lips and i was like trying to slice it and i was like 40 feet in the air and i could see them on the ship fighting and then josh got picked up and and ryan didn't ryan our good friend climbed up the crow's nest and i got that in the video too and he ended up surviving the longest he actually fell into the water which was really creepy but he survived and um the whole thing was just it was it was crazy it was the perfect way to end that day it's hard to explain how cool that kraken is until you because it's random you can't predict when it's going to happen you know um Mm mm-hmm it just made me wish that there's some more stuff down the road to implement. Like I could see them doing some Jaws DLC, you know, like a big mag- a big shark is in the water and you have to, uh, yeah. you know, get a gunpowder barrel in its mouth and shoot it. <laughs> Smile, you son of a bitch, or whatever. You, know, you guys have never seen Jaws. Yeah. I don't know. Why. I think it'd be it's... cool if the, the Kraken was kind of like <laughs> tracking you guys and knew that you guys had expended a bunch of your cannonballs. Maybe. And that, yeah. Well, That'd be cool if that AI in that game was that advanced. Yeah, I had a suspicion that it may be something to do with how many ships you've shot. Because even though we'd only killed mm. the one guy, since he'd been throwing himself at us for hours, we'd, we'd amassed a pretty high kill count at that point. So it made me wonder yeah. if maybe it would have been tracking that or something. Um, would you have lost like your treasure if you had treasure with you? Would that have been gone if he... 
Oh yeah. Oh, it would have sunk. And if we'd have remembered on the map where we were, which is a smart thing to do if your ship's going down, look at the map. You could go back to that spot and find your own shipwreck. Oh, okay. And your treasure would still be there as long as nobody else took it. Yes. Ah, Okay. As long as somebody Ah, else didn't swoop in there, it's persistent. So. Um, luckily we didn't have anything on us. And that's what made it fun, is because we didn't have anything on us, so we're like, hey, just kill us, this is fucking great! If there was a time to die to the Kraken, that was it. So, Mm -hmm. it was good fun. Um, I think that, yeah, it's... I I wonder how many sort of immersive experiences you can have, but it would just... It's so... That's the reason why Josh said this earlier this week. I never hear Josh say this, but Josh was like, we have to find a way to play this with everyone. And it's true because, like, the thought... Like, we are, like, life brothers here, and the fact... Playing this game together would be the coolest thing. I'm, I'm not even serious. Playing this game with you guys, if we have, if it works out, would probably be my number one moment in all of video games. And that is not exact. Like, Josh, would you put the, that Sunday that we had in, like, your top five, like, crazy... Because exp- I would easily, like, yeah. for me. Yeah, that's up there with, like, the original Halo 1 LAN parties and stuff like that, mm-hmm. as far as... Yeah. Just this new, weird moments. experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you couldn't play in any of them. We were dependent on other people, and they and they brought us joy. And like everyone has a good role. Like Josh is really good at taking control of like the steering, and and Ryan was really good at at you know helping with the sails, and I was really good at jumping in the water. So we all had our our particular you know skill sets that we were taking yeah. advantage of. So. Yeah, it's it's neat. Like uh, I I mentioned before, this kind of the differences between the the different size ships and whatnot. Like, obviously, the larger ships are much more lethal because they've got way more firepower on them, but yes, are, yeah. are harder. They're just harder to operate. Like, as mm-hmm. a single person could do it horribly if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. But You probably could, yeah. But it, it's, it, it specifically, it's, yeah. it's specifically designed in order to give people roles. Like, whenever yes. you're steering the ship with full sails, you can't see anything in front of the boat. Like there's yeah, there's no yeah. way to see through the sails. You need a navigator. You need somebody to go mm-hmm. check the map. Go, somebody to watch the go guns stand up and stuff. there with the it's, yeah 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 somebody to be lookout because it's, there's just there's so much to and, do that you 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 have to have roles and so it just it naturally I'm, makes I'm makes great teamwork. At- I'm great at finding treasure, and I'm not saying it to brag, I am. Josh can attest to this. Poor Josh was so irritated by this, I'm sure. He spent, like, 30 minutes trying to dig up this treasure while this girl was shooting him. He was also under pressure, and he was just like, you, you can hear him getting mad on the headset, like, this fucking treasure is not here. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they already took this fucking treasure. So we came back later on, and I literally just followed the map, counted nine paces, and I dug yeah. it up on my first try, well, and I was just trying to shove it in Josh's that's, face. That's the thing. Your nine paces... There's a lot, again, we talked about this, how it doesn't tell you anything. Gotta have a feel for it. No, you don't have to have a feel for it. If you hold up the compass, it will count out paces for you. This is one of the things I was telling you about. Mm. It's not in there. But other than that, if you just kind of guess, oh, this seems like a pace, you may be way the fuck off. So unless you figure Mm -hmm. out how to use these items that don't really seem like they do what they do, like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what's nine paces? If, if you're not using the item they want you to use, you may not know. Um, yeah. Which is why, like... And the good I, thing is... Yeah. I could read the yeah. maps and, just fine, but anytime we got to counting off paces and stuff... Just... I was apparently making paces that were double the size of uh, what they yeah. were intending to do, so... Well, just give me some credit, Josh! Mm-hmm. I found the treasure! Can't you just give me a little yeah. credit? Yeah. I did find it. I found it. 
But that's about all. Tell I'm me I'm for. pretty, Josh. <laughs> tell me I'm pretty. You never tell me I'm beautiful anymore. Mm. You're not. Um, not anymore. <laughs> you've, you've really gone downhill. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been a rough couple of years. I might have told um, you that at some point in the past, but not anymore. <laughs> no charity compliments for you, son. Um, you, you anyways, don't compare to charity. Oh, don't you say her name around me! Uh. Anyways, yeah, I hope I hope we I know uh, our friend wants to play again with us this weekend, which I got to talk to you about after the show. So that would be awesome. I we need another afternoon with it. And like I said, at some point, if if at, before the end of the year, if you guys can find a way to get it, I think we could have the ultimate experience with that game. Uh, it's just, it's something special when things go your way and you have friends. So it's, it's special. It really is. There's nothing quite like it. Um, anyways, yeah, I, I would love to have, I can't think of anything else really to say about it, except I like to play it at least once or twice a week for, for here on for a while. Uh, the only problem mm-hmm. is I have to this, it's a high maintenance game. You have to have friends and you have to segment a big chunk of time for it. If high maintenance is a fair criticism, then fine. But because yeah. it is a little high maintenance. So, um, as all good things usually are, you have to make an effort. So that three or four hours a weekend that we sit down playing it is, it's tough. You know what I mean? Like my, even at the end, my, my fiance was like, you've been playing this all day. And I'm like, and if I wasn't married, I'd play this for another five hours straight. Um, the crackhead. Man, I was hopped up after that game. I went to, I went to a family dinner on Easter and I was just yabbering on to my family about it. They, they said it, it seemed like I had like snorted heroin or something i was just so fucking uh can you snort heroin i don't know if that's even possible um yeah you can you but the adverse effect you mean, you mean i think the adverse cocaine? effect is the selling point fish oh. yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah cocaine i meant cocaine sorry okay um okay uh, all right so that's our sea of thieves talk we'll have some maybe some small checkups in the coming weeks as we share stories. That, that is a game of stories. We can break down the basics of the game, but the reason it's so basic is because it relies on you taking the basic elements there for emergent gameplay, and the stories you have are great. So, um, fuck that game is, is fucking fascinating, and, and it's made me love my Xbox in a way that I'm uncomfortable saying publicly. So, Oh, you got an Xbox? Oh, Shay gave it to me. Oh, oh, I didn't give it to you. I let you borrow it. But I've been borrowing. I've been borrowing. Yeah, but I have a feeling. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to be like Shay. I'll, I'll buy you a new Xbox. <laughs> I've all my saved information. All my saved information. I could get that easily. It's all attached to my gamer tag, right? So I'd be fine. I can get that. Yeah, that. I. I assume that's on the cloud. I don't know, but yeah. I assume it is. Yeah. Because now I have yeah, to. Yeah, it's own either one. on the cloud or on the hard drive. Either or, you can just put onto you know a thumb drive. I mean, I have a physical copy of Far Cry Five now, so. <laughs> I've really taken the, the, the plunge into the deep end. Um, and I want to see what that Game Pass has. And, you know, maybe some other stuff will be... Anyways, that's enough of that. Uh, so uh, we got a really cool bio break here that we wanted to lead into the show with. I wish I would have actually broken up the other topics with it, but I got discombobulated today. That's on me. Um, and this one is pretty interesting as I will read the header here. It was a tough one to tease as well because it has to do with the Ice Age and, and survivalism elements there. Um, and I will go ahead and um, what I normally like to do before we hand the platform over to our um, Shay, obviously, if people don't know, he has a degree in biology. 
And uh, we, it's one of the reasons why we started the bio break portion of our podcast, because I know some people think it's a little weird. Hey, you have a gaming podcast, but you talk about biology. But it was a natural fit for us, both because we were fascinated by it and because we have a biologist on the crew. So without further ado, a quick summary of the article, as usual, from ScienceDaily.com. Honestly, they should be paying us at this point for giving them all this, this good buzz. That's, that's our next sponsorship, ScienceDaily.com. Uh, surviving an ice age. Mammals didn't play by the rules of modeling on where they migrated to survive the last ice age. And the summary is this. From the source, University of Oregon. Leave it to the long-dead, short-tailed shrew and the flying squirrels to outfox climate modelers trying to predict future habitats. I don't even know what that means, so Shay's going to have to make, explain it to me in the way that you'd explain it to me to an idiot. Evidence from the fossil record shows that gluttonous insect-eating shrew didn't live where a species distribution technique drawn by biologists put it 20,000 years ago. I'm just, it's, just reading this out loud, it's actually hurting my brain. So Shay, break this down for me and our listeners, why this was so fascinating to you. <laughs> Um, well, how this relates to Montana, I'll start off right now. Uh, that way you guys understand why I was drawn to it. Uh, basically the shrew that is mentioned in this article, the short tailed shrew is the only, uh, venomous mammal species in Montana. It is the only one, which is why I picked it. I actually learned about this species in college and it was really fascinating to me. So I've kind of held on to this curiosity about this creature uh, throughout the years. So that's that's how this relates to Montana. Um, cool. That that I didn't was know there were f- venomous mammals. That's weird. I didn't either. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that was a good joke. Josh just said in chat, good, Josh, drop the joke. Just say, yeah. what did you say? I, I, yeah, please do. It's much more fun to just that break Shay. To just break Shay. It's my goal in chat here. But anyway, I was, I was curious as to whether your ex still lived in Montana, Morgan. Being the venomous mammal, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. good joke. That's a good joke. <laughs> that was, she does. Oh man, and she has yeah. been infecting many a person since. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. But anyways, so that's that's where the fascination came from. And if you guys are curious, there are other venomous mammals, such as uh, the platypus, Amateurs. is one. There's actually uh, <gasps> the primate. platypus. There's a primate that is venomous as well, if you guys are interested in that. Like but. a monkey? A monkey? A venomous monkey? Uh, I wouldn't quite... Oh, monkey, yeah, I guess you can say monkey, yeah, but it's, it's, it's like a very primitive monkey. But anyways, so... What is it called? I don't remember, to be honest okay. with you. Um, I'll Google it while you talk, go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyways, what this is saying is basically sci- the way scientists kind of determine where certain species existed a long time ago is to use models. And I'm not going to go into the specifics of the model because it does talk about a species distribution technique, which is more the specifics of the model. But basically they take models and they predict where these creatures existed in accordance with their what their known uh, niche and habitat is now and their patterns. I'm lost. So, I'm lost. I'm lost. You got, okay, and I'm not trying to interrupt you. What do you mean by model? Explain model. When you use that terminology in biology, what are you saying? Uh, liter- literally a model. So they take statistics. They take qua- uh, what it's. The statistics are called quantitative data. They also take qualitative data. Qualitative data is what I was talking about. Where these animals exist. 
their feeding mm-hmm. patterns. So they okay. use both this both quantitative and qualitative data to create basically a visual representation of where these creatures would exist. Like and a graph. That's not I wouldn't say a graph. It's it's more like a it's like think about I mean you it can be graph or charts, but also <laughs> think of like maybe I just put a picture of North America up and then using these models I say, uh-huh. I predict that these creatures existed in this part of North America. Models. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Theories, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. word model throws me off. I don't think of it in that term. I don't, but I mean, I probably just not... Uh, that sounds like a dumb thing to get hung up on, but sometimes the terminology is what can throw people off, so... No, I'm no, I, I can appreciate that, because that's something that I don't... I don't, like, because it's secondhand to me, I don't think about people like the layman's term. So I appreciate that you're doing that. So anyways, uh, basically this study uh, found that they, the modeling needed to be fine-tuned because mm-hmm. they were finding fossils of these creatures that they mentioned, the squirrel and the, um, the shrew, in other, other locations um, that they previously predicted. Okay. So they predicted that these creatures only existed in Texas and the South. And what they found were these fossils, um, using the fossil record and whatnot, that these creatures existed actually much further north. They existed where these glaciers oh. were and um, okay. across the north-central and northeast part of the U.S., which means that these creatures are more adaptable than scientists once thought. Um, and they, they go into more of the specifics about that, which is not super important for the reason why I picked this article. It's interesting to me. It's not going to be interesting to the listeners. Basically, what the, the reasons why I like this article is it talks about, like, oh, how can a venomous mammal exist in Montana? Well, this is, this is part of what they're trying to figure out, is that basically they are more adaptable than once previously thought. And also, the thing I really like about this article, uh, just as a whole, is that it basically says science isn't perfect, it makes mistakes, and this this paper clearly indicates that, hey, these scientists who previously thought this thing was a mistake, now they're trying to rectify that. And that's that's the whole tenet and basis of science is, hey, if we make a mistake, let's fix it and get the correct information out there. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really appreciated yeah. that about this article. So Interesting. Uh, and I will say this, there, the venomous primate you're talking about is super cute. It's called a um, uh, Nicitibus cayon, if that's the pronunciation, and it's really adorable looking, which yeah. is crazy because it actually is venomous. And they think that it evolved to combat the cobra. Which is interesting. Yes. So. Yes. There's actually so there's some theories out there that most mammals used to be venomous. Uh, I don't know like the validity of that, and I would have to do some more research into that. But in terms of this uh, short-tailed shrew, they actually have these little pouches um, near their teeth where they can inject venom, and their their patterns are to sneak up behind their prey, bite them, and then inject that venom. Very uh, oh, dude. This is crazy. Check out how it does it. So this particular one, to access its poison, the slow loris rubs its hands under under the glands near its armpits, 
kind of like Molly Shannon from Saturday Night Live. I don't know why National Geographic put that in there. And it says, <laughs> then the animal applies the poison to its teeth. So it rubs its hand in its armpits to get the poison and then rubs its fingers on its teeth. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. That is interesting, actually. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see. And one thing I do want to correct you on, because I know you don't know this, and I, I think a lot of listeners don't know this. It's something I learned about in college. The difference between poison and venom. If you ingest something, like if I was to eat a particular spider that didn't, that doesn't inject, mm-hmm. it just has... Oh, actually, let me use this as a better example. A poison tree frog. If you eat that, you are poisoned. You will die. But the poison tree frog doesn't inject into you. If something is injecting it into you, that's venom. So, for example, this monkey is injecting venom into you. It's not not poison, it's venom. Well, the article says to access the article says to access its poison. Okay. So... In a weird way, it almost breaks the rule because it's accessing poison and then putting it on its teeth, which is then injecting into you. So it almost breaks the rule in a way. Okay, right? okay, okay. Yeah, I, I misunderstood. I'm sorry. So yeah, yeah, that is poison because it's not injecting it into you. Whereas like a snake or the yeah. shrew is injecting it into it's you. So both. that makes it venom. I think this is a weird hybrid because the article says venomous primate and it uses the term poison a lot. So maybe if, if you'd throw me this theory out there, because it's in a weird case where it takes poison off its body and then puts it onto its body, in which case it then becomes venomous. Like once it puts it on its teeth and bites something, doesn't it then become venomous? It, it might it might also just simply be the case of the author interchanging the words when that shouldn't be interchanged. Because a lot of people National think venom and poison are the same well, people make mistakes. Um, like I was just talking about with a science article, and like I just it's, made a mistake. But uh, a lot of people think venom and poison well, are this. interchangeable, and they're not. They're two different yeah, things. Yeah. No, that's cool. I'm glad you actually taught me that because I did not know that. But I'm just saying in your eyes, theoretically, if you're taking the poison and putting it on your teeth and then biting something, does, does it then become venomous through the act? What's, what's your opinion on that? That's, that's an interesting – because like it's excreting that like it – kind of like a poison tree frog would so in theory that's poisonous because you're not you're not technically the monkey is still not injecting it's just rubbing it on its teeth so i'd still say that's poisonous and not venomous but that's true but that's true and that's a fair theory no there's no right or wrong but i'm just saying once it bites you it's then technically venomous right because it's taking its venomous teeth and puncturing you it's weird it's it's not injected from like a pouch or from your teeth from Shay's uh, analogy of the poisoned uh, dart frog or whatever its name is, um, it sounds like venom would be something the poison is internal inside of the. So, like, it, for like a spider, like all its poison is inside its teeth, so they call it venom. Whereas if it's on the outside, externally on the animal, it's considered poisonous. Like, uh, like the barb of a stingray, um, that would be poisonous and not venomous, I guess. Hmm. So, sounds uh, correct. That sounds correct. I, <laughs> so Shay, we're breaking our brains here. Well, it's just interesting because Shay said at the beginning there's a venomous primate, and this is it. But technically, after reading it, it sounds like Shay would disagree and write a thesis about how it's actually not venomous. It's poisonous. Yes? Mm. 
Um, I would say it's poisonous. The stingray, it's stingrays poison. are it's venom, not poison. I would say it's, it's bi. It's bi. It's both poisonous and venomous. So, well, uh, but it, it doesn't keep the poison in. It it makes the poison inside of it, but it has to excrete it and take it. And then apply it okay. to his teeth. Is, is, is there any? Fuck, isn't but. that? Is there any other animal that takes poison and then applies it to a part of its body and then attacks with it? Is there any other animal right. like that? Let, let me let me clarify. Let me clarify really quick. Let's make let's make this clear. So Stingray. poison is either absorbed or ingested. Okay. So the poisonous an- animal can only deliver that toxin if it's eaten. That's it. Whereas if the the venom is always injected, so it's venomous um, then because it's injecting the poison ca- by biting you. Right. So in this case, I was wrong. The primate is venomous. Okay. I'm See, sure. Jo- I'm, I'm sure Josh is shaking his he head like around, this is I'm fucking sure. ridiculous right now. But um, no, the primate well, is venomous. I mean, yeah, it it has it has more to do with the delivery method. Is kind of what you're getting at there. Yes. So. yes. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> So we convinced you. You started saying it was poisonous, and we've now talked you into it being venomous. Yeah, I thought I thought that you know because it's excreting it that it could still be considered only poisonous. But if it's being injected, it's venomous. So all right, this primate is okay, venomous. So, so what about a the bee? Stingray then? is venomous. A bee would be venomous. Venomous. Okay, I always thought they were just poisonous. Nope, and that, really? that's the you that's the, con- use the like, term see, poisonous. I for still a bee? even mix. Interesting. Well, that's I, what Pokemon taught me. Poison <laughs> Bob. <laughs> Goddamn Pokemon. Damn it. You got it needs me. to be a yeah, poison type and a venom type. <laughs> Let's get it real, guys. That would be... See, that's the kind of shit that I would love to do to Pokemon that no one would care about. I would love to really get biological on it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. unnecessary. I think that would be a, like... That would be a really cool side episode, I think, where we really could combine biology and um and video games because i remember back in college when i like before we started doing this podcast again i was talking with you guys about aerodactyl and just uh aerodactyl like the name dactyl comes from it's it's um it's foot type because there are different uh feet types for birds and dactyl is a part of that so it'd be really interesting that was just for example great idea shay Great Thanks. idea. Best idea of the day. Um, well, that's cool. We started with the topic and we morphed into, I think, a very interesting topic about venomous things that I didn't even see coming, which I thought was really cool. You never um, see yeah, venomous yeah, things coming. Sure. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, that's what she said. I mean, about fish. you do. That's generally why they're so brightly colored because it's, it's expensive yeah, making those venoms. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's funny. The venomous things are brightly colored. Um, and this thing is po- cute. Po- like, po- this po- thing which explains po- that bra. Poisonous. Poisonous things are brightly, bright, brightly colored. That's why the uh, fish like was saying poison dart frog. Those are very colorful because they're saying, don't eat me, I'm poisonous. There's some snakes that are pretty brightly colored too, like certain species that are That's also venomous. true. That's also okay. true. Coral snake, yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating shit. I'm, gonna put, I'm so interested about this. I'm going to put this up on the poll next week. I'm going to say, did you know there was a venomous primate? I wonder what people are going to say. I bet it's going to blow their fucking minds like it blew ours. Um, cool. All right. Well, yeah. that was... hopefully they make a Pokemon of it too. Yeah, that thing is cute. 
That thing is fucking adorable. I, wouldn't that be so silly? You're like, oh, look, it's rubbing its armpits. What is this? What is it doing? Oh, it's brushing its teeth. Oh, it bit me. Oh, my God. I can't feel my arm. Fuck. Ah, my dick <laughs> is rotting off. Get me to the hospital. <laughs> That'd be weird if there is a specific venom that made someone's appendage just rot off. Like that, nothing well, else but, happens. It just rots off. Like the the, the monkey is so vindictive that it's like you're not going to reproduce because you're an asshole. <laughs> it's, it's just like the first thing that goes is the penis, and they don't know why. It's just really weird. Um. <laughs> Over the years, the primate has become vindictive of its predators and decided to rot off its genitals. <laughs> Oh, evolution is a strange strange place <laughs> it really is evolution is a strange place Africa's rhinos are roaming the lands without their penises <laughs> That's, I'm trying to I'm trying to channel my inner David Attenborough and here we see the venomous primate right rotting off the penises of its predator as you can see we call this the forest of felled trees which is a metaphor for fallen dicks. <laughs> you just see predators just in the background screaming in agony as their penises fall off. Yeah. Look at how the look at the look at it's the fishes. David Attenborough as it falls off. Pointing. Through his, trying trying his, to show his... us through this ridiculously long telephoto lens. <laughs> and and you see him pointing at this venomous primate. Mm-hmm. And it looks hey. directly into the camera and says, two inches good, four inches bad. <laughs> it's it's a member Attenborough. of our cult! We've come full looking, circle! 90 years old, circle. looking through his cataract eyes at this primate. That should have been the mascot uh, for our cult, Fish. That should have been our cult mascot. The dick-rotting um, primate. I didn't even know about this primate. <laughs> Now, so. We've now attached it with this magical ability to rot dicks off. While it's um, detached, the members of its predators. <laughs> Only if they were larger than two inches. Um, train, specifically. So no difference. <laughs> this, is, this is a harmless penis. Let's leave it alone. <laughs> this, this little micro-nub ain't doing anything. <laughs> God damn, this bio article when the monkey really laughs morphed into something... <laughs> When the monkey's laughing at your dick, you know you're in trouble. Um, That's right. All right, anyways, a quick ending to the show here. Um, and it's going to be a bitch of, a, of an edit here. All the things that got up this week, by the way, um, I did the environmental storytelling, uh, environmental storytelling video for Far Cry 5 on the Instagram page. Fish got his spicy banana video up on the Instagram page. We have the suicide mission uh, video from Sea of Thieves and the Kraken video. And, of course, the question of the week, which we had great participation in. And, again, I try to read as many as I can, keep the flow of the show arrive, even though I fucked that up today. But um, thank you, as usual. We will try to get to as many comments as we can. They were all so good that you just want to read all of them and get everyone involved if possible. Um, but it was a lot of fun to talk about that today. I feel like we could have talked about that for another two hours just because that's the nature of, of what we're doing there. Uh, we'll have more Far Cry next week. Maybe we can dig a little bit more into the nuts and bolts. And then, um, you know, maybe a little more Sea of Thieves. Honestly, we're kind of coasting with good topics, Far Cry and Sea of Thieves until God of War comes out in a couple of weeks. And, you know, we're not afraid to say that because we want to really enjoy these games and give them their due time. So, and then maybe there'll be some other surprises. 
Um, and other great surprises to come. So thanks everyone to the support again at Sword Chomp on Instagram. If you don't follow us, you should at Sword Chomp on Twitter. Of course, the email would be a swordchomp at gmail.com. And uh, new polls every Tuesday on Instagram and new questions every Thursday on Instagram, which we will use on the show. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Let's wrap this thing up. I don't see anything else on my notes that I'm sad I didn't mention. So we're looking good all across the board. Um, yep, that should do it. Winter is indeed coming, Josh. I don't know why you typed that, but I said it out loud now. So I've committed to Yes. It. I wasn't going to continue that joke. Just, uh, all right, but well, I guess you we start are it, now. You have to, you gotta, you gotta commit to the joke, Josh. Commit to mm. it. All right, uh, thanks for listening. We love you. We'll be back next week for another giant show of madness that, as you can tell, is unpredictable as, as it possibly can get. Uh, thanks for checking out the show, and we will see you next week for an all new Chomp Cast.